Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian here in North Texas, drinking with two of my best buds, Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? What up, you ride? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Monster voice. What? I don't know what happened Sorry. in the two seconds. No, it's it, okay. I've I've figured, and it's gonna kind of lead into what I'm drinking. Um, the lactic fermentation IPAs—they really give me a certain amount of phlegm. That is unavoidable. Well, it's not lactic um, fermentation, but it is lactic additions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, it nails me. It's it's similar to like when I drink chocolate milk. I get a similar reaction. Oh, you get a you get upset tummy with chalky milk? No, no, not upset stomach. It just it produces more mucus than I'm used to. Uh, okay. Um, but I am having the frozen frozen ocean ocean by Vale. Okay. Out of Norfolk, and it's funny because whenever they make an IPA and they make a double, they double they the name. Double the name. Yeah. Yeah. So the other the other one that I've got on the fridge is the Wake Wake Up Up. Um, mm. Honestly, we'll get into it in a second, but Norfolk beer scene supremely underrated. Mm. Uh, we'll get into it, but yeah. So in any case, great beer, uh, fantastic. It's got that like New England. IPA that I just don't people get close but they just never are the same it's never the same as having it draft in New England it's mm. never the same okay <clears throat> we'll get into that and what else we'll get into is that bag of chips Willem brought over to his desk area Willem how are you doing this evening in Tulsa town oh you're eating popcorn popcorn poppy, yeah. poppy pops I'm doing well how are you Brian I'm crushing it you know how that goes crushing are it. are you well I am hung well indeed. You know how that goes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> like I like your support of my bad crass humor. I really appreciate that, Villem. <laughs> what are you uh what are you drinking this evening to wash down the, the popcorn? Too hearted. Oh hell yeah. I got a twelve pack for eighteen bucks after tax. Oh wait, what? Hell yeah. Bell's too hearted, baby. I don't think I've ever seen it for that price. That's a hell of a deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't even. I just saw it in the, the beer cave, which is like what's, what, what, the, what's the expiration time. date on? Yeah, uh, are they are they like pretty close to expiring? Getting oh, past their check. best. I don't buy. think so. It tastes really good. Mm. I mean, it tastes okay. fresh. You know, look at the bottom of the glass. It'll show up in bubbles on the bottom of the glass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering because I've literally never seen them go for a buck twenty five a beer. Like that's a hell of a deal. It is. I'll grab when I grab the next one. I'll I'll check the date on it. And you, you will be get... grabbing a next one, I'm sure. How'd you do yeah, that? I don't even think that's the like that's the skill that I've got. <laughs> Well, with certain math, certain math. I saw only with twelve packs. It's called a calculator. Uh, no, Frank uses mind. an abacus. We all know this to be true. <laughs> um, Brian, what are you drinking? I am drinking a celebratory beer this evening. I'm drinking uh, Firestone Walker's 25th anniversary ale. I've got this small write-up sheet on it, real quick. I'm just gonna 
Holy shit. Yeah. Can we this. please go through that in detail? Yeah. Are uh, you celebrating their 25th anniversary or are you I, celebrating something personal? I, I am celebrating their 25th anniversary like seven months late and also uh, a little job promotion because that's, you got to celebrate those things in life. I'll throw that out there. We need uh, an audience clap sound bite. Yeah. You know, Frank. What's hilarious is your microphone is cutting that out. If you were clapping, uh, that's it's that was fantastic. It was a great golf clap, is what it came through as. It was just a. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. So celebrating that, I figured I'd knock the dust off this. I had it sitting around for just a bit. Um. Eleven and a half percent. Uh. Blended, strong ale. Really, is the only way to call it because it's got a forty-one percent parabola. 10% Sticky Monkey. Parabola is a stout. Um, Sticky Monkey is a quad. Uh, 28% Tequila Barrel Merkin, which I believe y'all had. I don't. Well, you might yep. not have had. I don't know. No, if I had, had that, right? I, y'all had a Tequila no. Barrel something from Firestone. Yeah, no, it was a Merkin. It was a Merkin. It was, um, right. was very good. Then 13% Brandy Barrel Barley Wine, which is a barrel-aged barley wine and then uh, finishing it off with an uh, with eight percent of whiskey barrel wheat wine wait hold on is this like a solera blend? No, it's a, it's a so every year firestone walker gets together their favorite winemakers in the uh central coast area and they they basically lock the winemakers or the wine blenders in a room at the tap room at firestone walker and they let them blend all the beer that they've made that year and every year the anniversary ale is that blend. And then they take, because they're wine blenders, they take meticulous notes so they can reproduce it. Um, mm-hmm. But in that, they come up with the percentage of the final blend. Uh, and Got it. it's, so it's unique every year. They've been doing it every year since two, uh, since 96. Um, or I guess, sorry, they did it the first year in 2006 for their 10 year anniversary. And they've been doing it ever since. So, Always a cool, cool bottle to pick up every year. It's always different, and uh, it's always the best of the best of Firestone Walker, which is one of the best in the nation. So, can you tell me what Solera means? Solera is when they basically make the same product over and over again, and every time they make it, they put that product into a barrel. They take a certain amount off that barrel, and they put new product in that barrel with aging product. So over time, the barrel never, never loses the volume that it has, but it always has fresh product in it. And eventually over time, the old product will blend with the new product and it will kind of meld together to make this very, very unique tasting, uh, final, final piece. Now I'm saying all these things in very vague terms because Solera blends happen in wine, uh, distillated, uh, distilled spirits and beer. Both like wild, but it also, starter, but also what it is, also could it could it could just refer it also can refer to the blending technique as well. It's not just all like the true Solera is definitely what Brian described. Sometimes in wine, you'll hear stuff being described as Solera that literally all they're talking about is the fact that they took you know various aged. Um, product here in Tulsa, we have a brewery called American Solera, and that's how it got its name. Um, so they did it. They, I have no idea. Yeah, they uh, typically in beer you'll see it done with wild ales because um, when you have beer sitting for a long time in oak barrels, you're going to get some funkiness happening. Um, what Frank is referring to in winemaking, in uh, beer making, and sometimes in wine, that is also called like a it's a product's grand cru or it's a blend of all the best of the best. Um, so if you yeah. see those those like labels put on products. 
they're usually like the fucking you know gold bar, the gold standard for that uh, product line. And it just it literally just refers to blending technique. Yep. Like it doesn't. I wouldn't even. For for the most part, it's going to be the best that that place has to offer, and it's going to have the most meticulous Care. tasting notes and what. The other thing is, uh, if you like something that's labeled as Grand Cru from a small, a small like uh, production facility, you probably will never taste anything like it ever again. Buy as many of Grand it as you can. Grand Cru, yeah, G R A N D C R U Grand Cru, Grand Cru, um, and that's the that's, beer portion of the gas. So yeah, if that's what you're uh, yeah. If you for, showed up for that, you're fuck out of here. <laughs> Kick rocks, bitch. We're we're on to other things. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, it is kind of kind of funny though. Like Firestone has, they have their niche, and they just are so good at it that um, that wine barrel thing that they do. I've tasted many uh, a wine barrel age product. None of them come close. It's not even like, I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. It literally tastes like amateurs did it when every yeah. other production facility makes something that's wine barrel aged. And then when Firestone Walker does it, you're like, oh, why Why don't other people do this? Because this is great. You, taste, you like taste the wine. Like it's, I don't know. They, they had the one that you gave me uh, probably about three or four years ago now, but it was a, uh, uh, a Pinot Noir barrel aged mm-hmm. stout and it was bright it was like smoky but not you know like it wasn't it was all tastefully know, like, done it wasn't it overwhelming was, in any way exactly um you know who else does really good wine barrel aged things and just wine things in general is the brewery taru uh, i've heard that i haven't tasted any other I, sour jesus over on the taru side of the brewery uh used to be a like a fantastic winemaker. So he brought a lot of that shit over with him. Makes sense. Yeah. That's really cool, man. I, I like the ones that experiment. I, I think sometimes they can take it too far, right? Uh, I.e. our... Uh, Tequila barrel-aged uh, double pilsner or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, it's fucking jalapenos in it. Um, over at the uh, Twisted X. That oh, the man, we're always talking shit about Twisted X on this cast. Hey, listen. I, it, no, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Hey, the McConaughey's is a great beer. There, there's they've come a long way, but yeah, I will never forget my first trip to Twisted X, and everything was a cerveza style like <laughs> variation, variation with various peppers and cucumber, <laughs> and I was like, what in the fuck is this, dude? They and found none, they none of them were good. It wasn't like <laughs> you had one that you're like, oh, this is a shelf, you know, put it at HEB. It's like Dude, you might as well close this bitch down. That was Frank's text to me. Is this place for real? Like, why would they do this was his exact text to me. I was like, well, I honestly have never had any of their stuff. I, I looked forward to trying it, but you uh, make me terrified of it. Because I've every... Had real beer. I'm not even joking. It was like, like they, they sent it off to a production facility. They got back like 200 barrels of it. And they're like, the fuck are we going to do with this? And somebody just walked through the produce aisle and was like, I got an idea. Follow me here. We're just going to do bell peppers. We're going to do orange, red, and green bell peppers, separate, all separate. Okay. And then we're going to do poblanos, Anaheims, Thai chilies. 
All Serrano. Make a Serrano. I just yeah. dumped a bunch of Chipotle peppers into this one on accident. And you know what? I didn't vomit after I drank it. So throwing it on the bright tank. Let's get this bitch carbonated. Right. Honestly, I, talking about uh, experimental, you know, breweries. You've been to Heirloom. They're pretty good. Brian, Heirloom's great. Heirloom? I've, I've had Heirloom's uh, open fermented lager. This was years ago. Right after they first started getting beer down to Oklahoma City, and it was it was interesting. Like no one what it was. It, I was it was an interesting beer. It wasn't something that I'm going to be like, "Fuck yes, give me give me all of that." Um, it's definitely a you want to go to the you know you want to go to the tap room because a lot of their stuff is on, on tap. It was great. Yeah, relying relying on being fresh. Yeah, this beer was judging from uh, Pub W's uh, pricing on it, wasn't fresh. They were trying to. Get it out the door. <laughs> yeah. So, can we just while we're on beer, I want to make sure we don't miss this. We can keep going with this conversation. Can we get a triple, quadruple reggae horn for other half distribution being approved in Texas? I don't know how to make them go at the same time without putting like five of them on the soundboard. So I just got to do that, you know. Maybe no, I'll fair. maybe I'll cut Honestly, out the the blank spaces and put, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> that's the best the best news I've heard in quite some time. Their beer is so fucking good. Um, um, let's hope quality does not go down. That's well, who, who are you talking about? Other half. So they're being brought in by the same people. Who, to my knowledge, they're being brought in by the same people who brought in Equilibrium to the state of Texas. Equilibrium, also another New York brewery. Um, here's what I'll say: Let's hope to God they move off the shelves quickly um, and that the distributor doesn't go, Oh yeah, we're going to send more down each time because I got like, I bought like five or six equilibrium beers. The last time I went out and, and splurged and uh, of the five or six, three or four of them were very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. The other two were long in the tooth and they made me feel like garbage town. Um, and I'm saying mm-hmm. that f- I, I know what my yeast sensitivity is and there was a lot of, of older, um, chunky boys hanging out in those beers that shouldn't have been there. Hot on the shipment, like yeah. it's well, that's it's, a pretty clear indication that you got a case that was sitting on the side well, of a fucking. I, it doesn't have anything to do with heat. It, it has everything to do with the amount of time that it was in the can. Um, I always thought that the heat also settled yeast. The heat, the, the heat won't actually kill the yeast. The heat will actually kick up the yeast in a lot of cases. Um, if there's no pasteurization. Um, yeast still in suspension when put above say 70 degrees for more than 24 hours. Uh, if it's still viable at that point, it will start fermenting again. Um, that's what America, that's why Prairie had that issue with their funky gold series. Oh God, I got one of those. Yeah, that, that was, that, like was that was heat related. Um, usually heat doesn't affect flavor. Yeah, it was disgusting. Uh, usually heat doesn't affect flavor, um, until, several days of high, high, high heat. Um, but yeah, no, a fluctuating heat doesn't really affect beer, uh, but it will kick up yeast anyway. Yeah. So other half coming into the state of Texas, great call, Frank, uh, very excited for that. There's a couple of other brands. Um, uh, Anchorage is actually coming into the state of Texas as well. That was in that same text thread that I sent you. I'm surprised With, you weren't going like, but, nuts wait, deep. one second, one second. Though. I've always been able to get Anchorage down here. Yeah. But you get it through Tavor or Tavor. We're getting it. On oh, shelves. Okay, I yeah, got yeah. it. I got it. Okay. Fair um, yeah, uh, that's huge. Yeah. They're, they're stouts. If you have not had 
Anchorage stouts. Uh, I just don't even know how to describe them. They're 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 so freaking good. I will say the only one that w- that impressed me more than Anchorage in that shipment that you shared with me for my birthday a few years ago was Fremont and their stouts. Yeah, and they're not coming. Are they? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, their that, shit was that amazing. Shit was fucking amazing. Um, um, you know what else is amazing? Outside of the, the what was it, the narwhal? Oh, uh, the the or no, no you you keep bringing it. It's the Prince of Wales. The Prince of Wales, yeah, which still to me is the best pastry stout I've ever had in my life. It was good, um, and so sad. Do we know where he's brewing now? Is I don't he still know. I don't know. I don't know where he's gone, what he's doing, but the man needs to have bronze busts created of him wherever he goes. Let's beer. We should bronze his lederhosen and make sure they're hung up in the halls of brewing. No doubt. Uh, speaking no of brewing doubt. and I will move past beer quickly but it's gone a month and I haven't said anything about it I've wanted to and I've forgotten every time the Stone Molson Coors lawsuit was settled uh, about three weeks ago um, and if y'all remember uh, Stone Brewing w- sued Molson Coors for Keystone, Keystone Light um, <laughs> which brought us many a good, many a good laugh because the Molson Coors lawyer got up in court and said essentially the average keystone light drinker is unemployed and would not likely be able to afford stone brewings craft brewing you know craft beer six pack the average molson the average keystone light drinker is basically uh, uneducated unemployed and not going and is poor um that so that was that was something uh the judge and jury though uh sided with stone brewing Okay. In a landslide, literally a what they call a landmark victory for craft brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, Stone was suing for like a hundred and twenty something or one hundred twelve million dollars of damage you know, in damages and lost lost uh, wages and lost earnings. Uh, mm-hmm. The court settled for fifty six million, which is the highest lawsuit or the highest awarded uh, lawsuit in the beer brewing industry. So congratulations, Stone. Now, I'm not hitting a reggae horn because they're pieces of shit still um, and are actively suing smaller breweries for similar uh, copyright infringements, which they have no business doing. However, they're now facing a lawsuit that is going to bite them in the ass because now they, (laughs) the the small brewery, I think they're based out of Virginia somewhere, not Norfolk, but Virginia, the East Coast somewhere in that mid-Atlantic region. Um, they're suing Stone for copyright infringement on the Keep It Juicy slogan that Stone slapped on their beers in like 2020 or 2019. This brewery from the East Coast has had it on their products for a long time. And it's interesting because not only is it copyright infringement, but it's also some like uh, intellectual property theft here uh, in that it is almost identical font and layout as well. So it's real interesting that Stone of all people would then fucking steal something from not even not a very small brewery. It's a pretty pretty good size brewery on the East Coast, um, and the the small brewery that's suing them is citing a lot of the things that were set in precedent from the uh, Stone Molson Coors lawsuit, which is just goddamn hilarious. Also hilarious is that Stone is facing a lot of uh, payments that they have to make to a lot of their uh, people who they've 
borrowed money from in the last three years. I think their their lump sum payment of sixty four or seventy four million dollars is coming up at the end of this year. Uh, so the fifty six mil that they got from Molson Coors will go a long way. But not if they keep fucking around and suing small breweries and getting sued by small breweries for the same thing. Yeah, but hold on, right? Like, why Why would – Keystone's been in the business for much longer. Why, why would they win? It makes no sense. Like, it literally makes no sense. Well, it's it has more to do with what Molson Coors was, like, was able to prove versus, like, what makes sense in reality. I mean, this is – a litigious society in a litigious fucking yeah. industry when it comes to uh, like corporate identity theft. I don't know how the fuck else you would call it, but like no, no normal person. They found the dumbest fucks to be on the stand, you know, to be cited and be like, ah, Stone Brewing, what, you know, at Stone Brewing on Twitter, what are you doing selling your six pack, 16 ounce cans for six ninety nine? What the fuck, bro? This tastes like dog piss. I'm like, no, that, you fucking idiot. No. We, 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 and they, they were, I mean, those types of communication were cited in the victory. So you, you tell ridiculous. me. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's really unfortunate. Um, I, I, I really hate when shit like this wins because they, they, they don't deserve 50 more. They don't deserve a cent. No. Like, I, like, I don't like That whole thing is just dumb. If, if you go into a store... And you buy Keystone, thinking you're buying Stone Brewing. Um, go ahead, but like, there's literally no fucking reason for you to even live. I mean, like, what, what, what is here's going on in your head that you are purchasing <laughs> something a thirty rack for twelve bucks, <laughs> and you think it's Stone Brewing Company? Like, here's the deal: if so you, many different aspects in life, it's it's like going to a street corner and buying a watch. It says Rolex, and you'd be like, "Dude, I thought I was buying a legitimate Rolex for for a hundred dollars." I, what do you exactly. mean to tell me this is fake? What the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't understand why that wasn't the argument back. Like, are you shitting me? Get the no, fuck out of here! It's a dumb fucking argument. It's like, dude, you went to the back room, grabbed a thirty rack of something, thinking you were buying. Like, well, I no, thought it was weird. I had to move the Lone Star and Natty Light out of the way to get to your product. What? And. Not even just that, the brewery is listed right on the fucking packaging. It says Molson Coors on the pack. Like, I'm sorry, that's just the most dog shit. Yep. Well, it's $56 million worth of dog shit idea. So here's what I'm asking, no beer left behind nation. Let's get us like fucking 25 million. Okay, I'm not asking for the full 56. Let's figure out somebody to sue for like 20, 25 mil. Okay, just look Mm -hmm. for shit that's like... You know, I'm not above going after the ASPCA after they rip me off with that one watch purchase, you know? So if there's like a no... Let's let's go right after him. Also, uh, PETA, they glued some lady's hand to the court at the Timberwolves game the other day. (laughs) Yeah, let's get Um, on that. I was going for more no beer left behind. Like, I know there are no pit bulls left behind and no bullies left behind and all this other stuff for like different dog adoptions. Obviously, these people are... They have no brains. Tuning into our brand. Yeah. They're they're mooching. They are not affiliated with No Beer Left Behind. Yeah. They're mooching off our products. God. Mm -hmm. Off off our success. They're suckling suckling from the teat of success that we have cultivated over the last six years. Exactly. I'm assuming it was a willing participant whose hand was glued to the court. (laughs) The lady. (laughs) 
transition. She's like, okay, Timberwolves, Clippers are in this like play-in game type scenario, and somehow. I don't know how this lady got to where she got to, but she covered her hand in glue during a timeout and then just went and sat on the court and put her hand on the floor. <laughs> and, and people started coming over and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm leaving unless the animals are taken care of. The guy's like, uh, okay, I guess I'm going to pick you up before the glue dries. <laughs> Wait, so at a protest for something involving PETA, she glued herself to the floor. A basketball court that's covered in oil. Ah. It's, like, it's, it's not oil, but it's polished, it's, right? It's so it's sealed. not just going to glue right away. Also, uh, sorry. Why is why what what was what were the Timberwolves doing or the Clippers? That you, you know how Peter? you know how Target no, sells nothing, cur- nothing. fur coats. A, 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 a protest. That's all it was. She figured the play-in game was the fucking moment to blow the load, not the playoff games that are coming. Well, she didn't have any faith that they were going to make the play. They were going to win the play-in game. She's not even a right. fan. Meet my two friends. Ah. Did they wait? Did they win? They did win. They oh, see? Here. There you go. Go Wolves. Playoffs start tomorrow. I'm excited. Memphis Grizzlies, first playoff game for the Wolves. Yeah, and... For me, all sports are dead. I don't give a fuck. No one should play sports for the next six months. They go fuck themselves, everybody. Chelsea's out of the Champions League. They're going to fucking fight to stay alive in the goddamn Premier League so they can play the Champions League again next year. All hope is gone. There is no there is no afterlife. We all just burn, turn to fucking dust after this. Come talk to me in August when shit starts back up again. Agreed. Sorry. Bar- Barca crashed out today. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and not even crashed out. It would have been much more acceptable if they crashed out and our fucking local supporters didn't sell their goddamn tickets uh, to Frankfurt fans. Because that entire Barca camp now sits 100,000 people. There had to have been 40,000 Frankfurt fans in that fucking stadium. No. Um, just absolutely insulting. Um, it, I, I, where were you? Yeah, where so, were you? I mean, I don't own season tickets. The, <laughs> the season ticket list is 10 sure. years long, okay? So where are you on that list? I say, no, I say <laughs> go, go, go research to sold these tickets. Ah, um, yank, their, and yank their tickets from them. Yank their season tickets, fuck them. If I'm you don't want to show up, fuck it. Give it to the next fan that wants to be there. I think Chelsea did that not too long ago with their season tickets as well. There, there was a similar, a similar sellout, and they were just like, "All right, fuck you. You're not getting tickets Why, next you year." You really want to talk about Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, I, no, dude. Trust me. The fact that they have gotten this far and have played as decent as they have under the circumstances, <laughs> those yeah, you guys have talent. It's not. Yeah, there was we enumerate the circumstances. Oh, I guess is what my I'm friend. Asking. Oh, you yeah, guys no. have to play a single half of football against Real Madrid and not fuck it up and. Uh, trust i was there i watched it it was as annoying to me uh as as uh, it it was fucking horrendous to see modric and i got nailed twice this week Real's moving on in champions league and my team lost did you see the pass off the outside of modric's foot like Mm -hmm. the fuck did that come from he just like threw it he he literally he if Brett Favre in his heyday would have thrown a fucking ball like that, it would have been a miracle. He goddamn kicked it off his pinky toe like an asshole. 
I agree, but I'd be more insulted by the fact that they left Benzema wide open. Not even a... twice, and he only scored one. He could have scored two goals easily. They would have given him five in two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. nah, I get that. It, trust me, his hat uh, trick at at Stamford Bridge pissed me off to no end. Yeah. It's, if the one person you're marking on a cross is not Kareem Benzema, you're a fucking dumbass. So in any case, um, sports okay, are over. Brian, we start over in August. We'll see where our teams go. All hope is not lost. Mm. Always next season. Um, with that being said, Oklahoma State baseball is on a fucking tear. That I give them a reggae horn for that. Top ten in the country. Oh yeah. Um, so that should be a fun, <laughs> fun run to. I'll, to I'll give them a reggae on. horn uh, when they go to Omaha. You know, I'll, I'll reggae horn the fuck out of that. That's really when it starts yep. mattering. Um, other than that, you know, uh, tax day. We we'll talk about tax day tomorrow. Sure. Is that tomorrow? I thought they no, got extended to the May May something. <laughs> tax day is on Monday, the eighteenth. Oh, I've got to go do April the fifth. Why did they extend it to Monday? Normally they uh, didn't extend it. It's just this year. It is oh the, yeah, because tomorrow is Good Friday, so they pushed it. Back. Know, that's why. But honestly, it should be Tuesday like, because the Google Calendar. It's like freaking barking at you the whole it time. It should be that. it should be Tuesday because Sunday is a federal holiday, but federal holidays are observed on the day after. So maybe you should email Obama. You know what? I'm gonna get on the horn with George W. and see if he can move mountains. Yeah. The first. Um, so <laughs> the email from the grave. Um, Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, tax day. Good luck to everybody out there. It's always the worst time of the year. Uh, I always, well, I think as you get older, you wait to file longer. <laughs> well, I think when, when you're in college, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a refund. Let me get this shit out the door. And then when you start making even just a smidgen of money, you're like, well, there's always that check I need to write. Maybe it's better. I don't know about that this week. <laughs> so, hey, then there's sometimes when you have enough, enough tax write-offs and you're like, hey, I'm going to file this shit January 25th uh, because daddy needs new patio furniture. Uh, and that's well, when hilarious. You're that when you're that convinced, that's glorious. Um, or you've I been think, paying too much in taxes, giving the government interest-free loans all year. So that's that's the other side of the equation. Yeah, you always kind of want to be under a grand for mm-hmm. a refund. But um, yeah, I've uh, I've been very unlucky over the past couple of years. Well, not unlucky, but you know where you're in the situation where you have to write a check to the government, and that always sucks. But um, <clears throat> the 2022 or 2021 tax season has been uh, pretty kind to Uncle Frank. So thanks, Obama. Um, yeah, Did we say that. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 surely not a windfall, but it is by no means <laughs> a situation I found myself in the past two years. <laughs> Trump tax plan. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did that. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. No, hold on. Who who so, did that? <laughs> Who's to blame? Have you guys? I don't know. I don't know what to say to this, but I thought Jay Z was on the cast I, with us for um, a second. I've, I found one of those stickers on a supercharger the other day. <laughs> what do you mean? The I did that sticker on a Tesla oh, like supercharger. Charger. Yeah. Or oh, did you think he popped the hood on some Camaro and was like, hey, look at that? 
I just doesn't even I, make any sense. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I was like, did you just, are you, you've got to be trolling. Like, there's no yeah. way. You, I mean, you are in no, South Austin. No like, like air, hey? So, no, it doesn't. But I thought it was kind of funny. I, I saw it on a Tesla charger. I, I'm sure the person who put it on there was just making fun of the whole thing. I think you might have put that on there, Frank, because that sounds like uh, a, a... A lot of conservatives drive Teslas, bro. I'm just saying. No, it's true. It's true. Um, Does this look yeah. conservative to you? Does this look conservative to you? I, was like, <laughs> I did that meaning some advancement in green policy. Good. Yeah, hey, congratulations. Um, so, okay. How much are you pay- like? Do they bill you for using a charger? Yeah, how does that Every work? Time- do you have to pay at the pump? What is this? No, so you have a you have a card on file. Oh, and- so it's like an Apple Pay situation, or just yeah, takes it and out. it's twenty. Well, depending like on it the knows, um, like you plug your car in and it knows that it's like your car kind of thing. Yes, it tells your car is the one that knows, not the charger. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. The charger's okay. just there, and then your car says, "Oh, I'm getting charged. I need to make sure to charge the card." And that's why and, you turn it in in airplane mode, and it doesn't charge you. Boom. Yeah. Does your car um, have an airplane mode? She nailed them. Right? <laughs> I did that and put Brian's in airplane mode. <laughs> yeah, just think about what you just said. Does your car have an airplane mode? Hey, man, my phone does, and my phone's not an airplane, so the fuck, bro? Okay. Your phone can go in an airplane pretty actively. Well, it depends on uh, Ellen's uh, attempt to take over Twitter at some point. I We could yeah. talk about it. I have my <laughs> thoughts. In just a second. So, the just denial. to clarify. <laughs> It's twenty cents a kilowatt hour to charge. Okay. But if you charge at home, it's twelve. So most people choose to do the home charge and then eight cents for like road trips and stuff. Wait, uh, but that's through your electric bill, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the car isn't also billing you for that. No, 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 no. The car doesn't charge at the at the house. It doesn't charge you. So Um, it's twelve cents per milliamp hour. No, per kilowatt. Kilowatt hour. Sorry, I was looking at my phone. I was like, it would cost me a fucking fortune to charge my phone. Nice. No. Yeah. A milliamp hour is a measure. A milliamp hour is a measure of current. Shh, and a got it. Mil- got it. Watt is a measure of power. Got it. I understand that. I I've been drinking this evening. I've been celebrating. I remember earlier, <laughs> and my promotion, by the way, was not into. Computer la di da. Ryan has spent his promotion on Firestone Walker beers. I bought a case of it, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I bought a case of it two years ago, knowing this was coming. So no, this was- <laughs> actually, I tried to hone my promotion. <laughs> actually, thank- money for a while. Thank God that that promotion came through because the interest on that promotion money that I invested. Right. I could finally afford to pay off that promotion credit card. <laughs> Got myself as a treat for my upcoming promotion. Sure, treat I, God, I really hope it's going to come. <laughs> I've been sweating it for months now. Thank God. Oh, shit. Let me, I'm going to grab a Guinness. You guys keep chatting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> this is a horrible conversation. Villain looked directly into the camera for the first time this episode and made the widest eyed look that I have seen a human Brian, make. That was not the first time this episode. That's fucked up. Dude. That was the first time I saw it. Okay. My lights keep dimming, self dimming to tell me that, like, oh, it's time to go to bed. Oh, like, you have smart lights that are telling no you? Bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get no bitch. Um, do you have blue light filter set up on your phone too? 
Night shift, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what iPhone calls it? Bunch yeah. Of, bunch of bitches. I sound like such an idiot. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, working on the night shift. That. Yeah. Now the the mine mine's blue light filter, and it goes into do not disturb mode after uh, eleven. Yeah. Uh, ten o'clock. Mine is doing night. Well, mine's like. Time to head off to bed. Good evening, you know. Like, <laughs> Good evening, master. Have to dismiss it and all that. Um, do, do, conversation. No, it's fine. No, we're getting into it now. Does iPhone let you allow certain contacts to go through during do not disturb mode? If you want, yeah. Okay. I don't do anybody really because I just you're I like just like you know. I mean, I I do fuck off after nine basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say there gets to be a certain age when you uh, worry le- more about taxes and also. Don't give a fuck who calls you after 10 o'clock because everybody you need to talk to after 10 o'clock is probably in bed with you. And yeah. you're like, oh, cool. All right. Fantastic. So, yeah. um, I, I do have the setting turned on, though, which might be advisable. Um, if someone calls twice within a certain amount of time, my phone will ring. No, I just assumed that they fucked up twice. <laughs> called me after ten o'clock. Like, I'm three kidding. times. No. <laughs> or someone's having a serious problem. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I, I have. I think I. I think I have. I think it defaults or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I was gonna I say. I haven't looked into my settings in a while. That's the other thing. Is like you set it up, you know, early on, and then you just forget. Well, you, you set did, it up like know. three phones ago, and it just travels with you. And you're like, ah, it's <laughs> good. Done. It's good. It's fine. No, I need work to call me, and you're like, I haven't worked there in a decade. All right, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> update this. <laughs> no, oh, God, I have so many contacts. You know what? Something annoying that iPhone does, or like the Apple Ecoverse or whatever, is. Uh, like it will duplicate my contacts because like I'll save them mm. to my computer and you know, you know after they're in my phone and then it'll like sync them and it won't realize that they're the same fucking things and it'll like then I'll have two or three of everyone and I have to go through and individually remove all the damn duplicates. So Google used to do that in the early days. There are Google contacts that you set up on your Gmail account uh, yeah. would duplicate and they would triplicate anytime like the Samsung Ecoverse does the same thing, right? Uh, but they fix that. Um, I, I'm gonna say this. I mean, no disrespect to the Apple world, they fixed that problem about seven years ago. <laughs> well, but that's always how. I mean, it, but it's is, it's because I feel like I, Google always comes out with the feature way ahead of time, and they just don't do the marketing portion quite as sleek. You know, I dude, trust me. Google Hangouts was a thing well before, and like way better i feel like way better done than skype ever was and they did well, nothing skype with it was og but they skype did it i but i feel like google hangouts did it better and made it more user friendly and oh, also made it yeah. free to everybody to use and yeah. they marketed it so poorly to your point that they had to fucking kill it at the peak, like right before in 2019 of october of 2019 they killed google hangouts yeah guess what motherfuckers like <laughs> now you're charging for meat to do one, unlimited meets like the fuck one are we doing? i remember is like was the fingerprint mm-hmm. and it was like on the back and yep. it was there for years and yep. then iphone comes out and it's like oh my god we have the thumbprint now and that was like a huge fucking thing and i'm like am i crazy like, what what's wild is before they had it on the back of the phone because samsung started putting it on the back of the phone in the galaxy s8 or nine. The Nexus did that. Well, the Nexus, yeah, the Nexus did it. That's right. But then, even before the Nexus phone did it, Samsung Galaxy S7 had it on the home button. Oh yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, home I button reader. That. And then, like literally three years later, Apple came out with the home button thumbprint scanner, and everybody's like, "Oh, why oh doesn't everybody do this?" Like, bitch, 
Like I've literally been doing this. It just hits different when it's Apple. Well, I mean, now the fact that the thumbprint reader is under the screen of my phone is still just like I mean, just bonkers. It's bonkers to see that shit. There's no button. There's no button. You just hold your finger in like a general area, and it scans it, and it's real. It's not like you can't just put any finger down and it picks up. So do you do any? uh, Do they do any? Face oh, yeah. They've been stuff. doing face stuff since. Like that is one thing that Apple did first, then Google did it. But what's nice is Google doesn't require it. And as a matter of fact, like Google itself says, don't do it. Like Samsung has it turned on for their device, their their Galaxy devices. But Google has recommended you not do it because the fucking fuzz can just hold your phone up to your face when you're in handcuffs and unlock that shit. If you have um, facial recognition turned on. So those of you listening out there, go ahead and fucking turn that shit off and only use thumbprint and pins. That's it. Patterns too. Doesn't matter. Uh, but Talking a lot of shit about Apple. I n- do want to say one thing about Apple. Their security, their track record with security is very solid. They have really good encryption that they themselves purposely built in a way that they can't even you know fuck around and they they don't like do back doors and stuff they and they've like avoided doing that kind of thing they've always said no we're not going to do it like they can't if the cops get a hold of like some terrorist's phone and they're like you need to unlock this for us they're yep. like, we can't yeah i was going to say yeah, and like you might have an opinion of like ah oh, that's you know we should if they're no. a terrorist you know fuck but that don't do it for one objective so like but do, do to Brian's advice, do not have face recognition turned on your phone. Well, I have gone. Yeah, um, right. go ahead and that's, turn that's go ahead and turn it off. And no. as a matter of fact, anytime you, anytime you get pulled over by the cops for any reason, just go ahead and restart your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn the phone off. Turn the phone off, and <laughs> then you have to put in your pattern or pin when it turns back on, and you can't unlock it with a with a fingerprint or facial recognition at that point. So, um, a cab. To to yeah no fair that's all good. all that's good points. Um, can we quickly discuss? Uh, so, report just came out a couple hours ago. Greg Abbott is currently responsible for withholding one hundred and fifty million dollars worth of fresh produce in McAllen, Texas. It's not just fresh produce, my guy. Um, no, no, no. I, it's it's I, more. It's, it's more than just that. But I'm saying, oh, mm-hmm. uh, with the border that alone. Yep. That hold on. Alone. The way you're phrasing it, so it's because he's doing additional screenings to the trucks yep. coming from Mexico. Yep. He's doing. He's doing On malicious order. Malicious screenings yeah. at the border. Um, what a lot of people purposely don't realize. Purposely causing supply chain issues. Yes. Correct. Purposely causing, and he's doing it on the um, on the Mexican border. Most of that truck uh, fleet gets screened twice. Yep. And people don't know that. There's a 60-mile inland border that every person who goes to McAllen has to pass through when they come back into Central Texas. Bro, if you go to... If you go south... Like, that's a 60-mile that, perimeter checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Because every, if you go to South Padre Island, you have to go through that same fucking checkpoint. Yeah. Whether you're going to Padre, Brownsville, or Mexico. Correct. So, so you have to, as a trucker, get screened twice. Um, this publicity stunt bullshit at the border is is it's intellectually dishonest at best, but also just absolutely insulting. Cause supply chain issues on his own, 
Um, I, I would suggest just send the man down there, walk it back himself. Like I fuck think, that dude. I think it's, it's a total it's piece of shit. Purposefully, uh, you know, he's sabotaging stuff on purpose. Is he like a hundred percent? Just it's not just so that people are like, oh, he's tough on immigration and the border and drugs. It's like because he wants to actually fuck our economy harder and then go, oh, look, they're fucking up, you know? Yeah, but look at how bad, look at when you go to the supermarket, you can't get the things you want. Look how bad the supply chain is under the current administration, you know, because everything gets blamed mm -hmm. on the current administration always. I think the problem with, um, with his strategy is he is the leader that is causing it, right? Like it's, it's directly traceable. People right. are not this dumb. Well, so, yeah. <clears throat> sure. I worry about that. But I mean, this is like, if, okay, so let's say you were throwing the big party at your house. You paid a shit ton of money for people to attend. The and then your neighbor down the street has a blockade going on, you know, letting an attendee per hour come through your party. People are like, this is the lamest party ever. Like, yeah, well, I can directly see the fucking neighbor blocking everybody from coming to the party, right? Like, it's it's so linear that I think it, it, he's going to call this off pretty fucking quickly. Um, I, I The consequences to him in this state alone, like, you can already see HEB. I went tonight. It's getting empty. Like, there's shit there that, especially when you get to, like, the citrus, stuff like that, peppers, that we normally have an abundance of down here. You're like, oh, okay, there's kind of, you know, there's a box where there normally is three boxes. Avocados, like HEB down here, which I know up north they don't do this in supermarkets. HEB has four sections of avocados. There's a zero to one day. There's a one to three. There's a three to five and then a week out for ripeness. That's how many avocados we normally get. Bunch of assholes here in Dallas. We get a fucking pile Whoa. that just says "Go fuck yourself," and you'll get a mealy one, a brick hard one, and one that's still on a goddamn tree. Well, let me give you. Let me give you in a paper bag with a. I know. Yeah. No. Trust me. It does help, but you know, you know what's a quick way to measure if an avocado is ripe enough? Throw it at the person next to you, and if they say "ow," it's not ripe. No, the little button mm. that uh, attaches to the tree stem. Mm. If you can take that and flick it off with your thumb, it's ripe, mm. and it's it's it it is not dependent on the skin at all. Mm. Um, I have had perfectly ripe avocados with semi-solid, you know, green outsides that taste better than. You don't know you how know, strong my thumbs are. I can flip off a um, nipple. Off no, a no, you'll you'll feel a difference if there's resistance. Right it's off. not ripe, but if it just mm. if you literally just touch it and it picks off, that is how everybody in Latin America measures avocado well, ripeness. They do not the, uh, do the squeeze test. The squeeze test doesn't tell you anything. Don't, don't you know that they're smuggling the drugs in now with the avocados? We got to <laughs> check those pits. The pits have been replaced by cocaine. Yeah. Man, I can't. <laughs> by, by, just by straight fentanyl. I'm sorry. It's just straight fentanyl. That's the scarier one, right? Yeah. That's what all the white people are afraid I of. Just, I, I just like the fact that this fucking cripple motherfuckers over here trying to be uh, careful not, take, not no creepy no, boy no 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 no, 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 no. i'm sorry um th there are lines there are no no i called him a cripple motherfucker this <laughs> is not against cripples oh my god anybody who can't walk that motherfucker is a piece of shit 
Okay. And the tree should have waited two seconds and just got his head. Um, <clears throat> oh, is that how he became paralyzed? Literally was him? running through a rich ass neighborhood in Houston. A fucking tree limb fell on him while he was on a sidewalk out the, outside the person's house. The sued the shit out of him. Start like took that money that and put it with the money he already had. Why did he win a lawsuit for something that is like? Do you remember earlier when we were talking about destination type of? No, because you, you you are responsible for keeping your shit together. Tree limbs. Okay, who says they weren't maintaining the tree limbs? God it broke during the windstorm. <laughs> no, come on. Hey, listen, that Claymore mine that I set outside my fucking house. It wasn't. It wasn't. Hold on. It wasn't the person. It was the homeowner's insurance. Yeah. Um, it exists. It exists. It is. I'm there's a good that, reason. That it's just like the the a storm could have pulled through the night before weekend the limb and now. No, oh, but okay. just, if you hold, had hold been on, wait, wait, wait. it, that would have never... Yeah, it's just the same thing that covers that also covers the fact that if a six-year-old comes to your house, doesn't know how to swim, gets out of line and jumps in the pool and dies, your homeowner's insurance takes care of that. So it's not... Like, it, it does. And it, it exists oh, for a reason. Like, all of these random shit that you're like, man, I can't predict that that's going to happen on my property. That's why it yeah. exists. So while I agree with you, it sucks that he got the money of all people... It, it, there, it's a pretty clear cut. Like you, the the, the the tree was on your property line. The limb broke. It, it, you know, hurt him. It's your property. You know, that's coverage that you paid for. Um, but to be frank, I would have rather had the tree wait just a millisecond or two and just end it. I would have liked the I would have uh, liked the insurance company to be very litigious and dragged it out so long that it milked Greg Abbott of all of his inherited wealth. Uh, and left him des like destitute uh, and yeah. and and crippled. That would have been yeah. that would have been fine. You no, know, but it's funny because it, like I am so sick, and I, I know this is not what y'all meant, but Greg Abbott is a piece of fucking garbage, right? Oh no, and he is he it, is the if, the second, if not third, biggest piece of shit in the state of Texas, right behind Kim Paxton and fucking Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Yeah. So if. If if people are treading on eggshells talking about this human, they really should reconsider. Like it was it was not, the, it was the crippled line. It was the crippled no, line. It was triggering for a lot of people. I, I <laughs> don't give a shit. It's not. I am not referring to anybody who cannot walk. You know, as a cripple. The dude's fucking crippled in so many ways. Intellectually crippled. Um, morally, he's, he's an ab- morally crippled. He's he's a an absolute piece of garbage who does not deserve the honor of being referred to in a kind manner, period. There's no sensitivity training needed when you're talking about Greg Abbott because he doesn't give a shit what terms he uses to describe other people. So um, it, 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 it frustrates me to no end that, like, we we are – we need to be – obviously, we need to be very conscious about how we speak about, referred to, et cetera, people. But – that honor is bestowed to you based on being a decent person. And people like Ted Cruz, people like Greg Abbott, Donald Trump, they don't deserve that. Like, just fucking verbally walk over them. It's not, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. If someone came out and called Donald Trump the worst thing you could call a human, I'd be like, yeah, Beth, that's probably right. Uh, they already um, did uh, by his birth certificate name. No, Listen, I'm not saying defend greg abbott or anyone like him fuck him and anyone like him no and i think that's i am saying that what i what i am saying is like you know someone who can't walk 
has a history and an experience with the word cripple sure. and for when you use it in a pejorative way and you say like you know that that just like kind of touches a spot it's a, it's a cheap shot i understand it and 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 i think consciously there are certain individuals who take those same cheap shots and expect no repercussions for it he is one of them and everybody is so careful to mention the fact that he can't walk greg abbott doesn't give a shit about anybody else that faces a very yeah, similar thing that I he agree. is facing so well, you know, so specifically it, like totally but it's like because it's a, a larger population thing and he's part of that larger understand population. and i want to be very more. very very clear that this is a pejorative directly at Greg Abbott and no one else. Um, and and I think we can handle adult conversations like that um, as a society. Because I, I, I just, I find it insulting or intellectually dishonest that we sit and we give those people the right to hide behind, <clears throat> you know, their intellectual fallacies while you can't attack them or mention anything negative about them because they can't walk. Like, fuck that human being. Like, piece of shit. The tree should have ended it 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whenever that fucking incident happened. I mean, here's the deal. Fucking worthless human being. Somewhere it did. Somewhere it did. <laughs> in, one, in one timeline, it did. Uh, That's right. Yeah. No. That's right. Also, fucking Greg Abbott. Fuck God Greg Abbott. It. Fuck Dan Patrick and uh, fuck... Uh, fuck is what, what, uh, Dan, uh, Greg, what's his Ken name? Paxton. Ken Paxton. Yeah. Fuck them all. Uh, because they don't care about trans kids. They don't care about other kids. They'll fuck them. I'm going to, I'm going to throw something annoying at y'all. Okay. Uh, an annoying question. Okay. I can't, what do you I can't think wait. about, well, Frank took his headphones. That's so Brian, me and you, let's go. Got it. What do you think about the fact, because this is a fact that, uh, without someone like Greg Abbott, we don't know. Like you hate Greg Abbott, right? Like a lot. You have a deep hatred for it because he's a hateful person. He's fucking. Okay. It's like you don't know love be if Greg Abbott doesn't exist. Well, how do you feel about that? Uh, no, I I hate other people equally as much. <laughs> like, like yeah, in general, like oh, people oh. like him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't he, have. Well, how do you feel about the fact that you basically need Greg Abbott? No, I don't. Need... In order to make sense of this world, no, I don't need Greg Abbott to make sense. You of this do. World. <laughs> no, you no, no, because, because see, then everything would be hunky dory, and you would just kind of like just. Greg think Abbott about yourself is in true life for a minute. So here's here's true life, Brian. Answer. Greg Abbott is but a piece of shit in a long chain of pieces of shit. Yeah. Where one Greg Abbott... All who are necessary for existence. They're, they're necessary in the same way that a mosquito is necessary in for existence. Yeah. And a roach. How does that, how does that make me feel? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's everyday life. Like, it is what it is. Like, I, I, I can't feel... It's annoying to me personally. It's annoying to you? Yeah. It's upsetting. I, what is annoying? Uh, but in the same fact that, okay, let me hit you with this. Honeybees are necessary, even though they bring me personally no good. I don't really enjoy honey, um, but it is kind of a, a fear of being stung constantly. But yet we have people who understand the need for those things to exist. I fucking hate them. They can all die no, for all I care. 
but we little, know we need them, right? There's but, a there's a contributing on, positive thing about honeybees. But you just you just said the same thing about people like pieces of shit who need to exist so that you know how to appreciate the other parts, right? Yeah, it's, but they don't contribute to exist so that well, they contribute they contribute they contribute your need to love something because something sucks this bad you have to have some antithesis for that hatred it's the same thing and like when when you start breaking it down that way you start thinking about it and you're like oh fuck this i just want to get back to what i was doing and that's like that's okay i feel like that's okay i really do because like because when you start thinking about things at that level at my age I don't have time for that shit. I really don't. And like, I feel like the 25 year old Brian would have felt completely different. Like I would have been like, well, no, we really got to get to the bottom. Fuck that. Well, like, for the I, listener, we're two years apart. So yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not talking to you like your goddamn 25 villain. I'm I, also, we're, even though we're two years apart, you live, you, you live a fantastic life that I wish I could live. Um, I just, God, I could, yes, goddamn, you li- you don't live in a goddamn suburban hellscape that is goddamn <laughs> North Texas, right? Like, you live okay, in a- so, hold on, hold on. Let me just get this straight. So, I missed a little bit. Uh, let, let me catch you up. I'll, let, I'll, me just, let me just fill you in. Yeah. The question is, how does it make you feel that Greg Abbott, so, so Brian put it well, actually, Greg Abbott comes from a long line. Greg Abbott, the piece of shit, comes from a long line of pieces of shit. You know, not just in his family, but just like people like him throughout history and they will continue to exist. And how does it make you feel that they have to exist in order for you to understand the the better parts of life? The full spectrum, the full spectrum of feelings, love and and, you know, acceptance and everything good in this world in order for you to appreciate those things and understand them people like Greg Abbott must exist because if they didn't, then those would just be facts of life and you wouldn't really even think on them. No, and I, well, I, don't, I don't know that, that I think that's a bit of a, no, it's a fact. It's an absolute fact. No, yeah. hold on. Wait. So there are extreme, um, natures of, you know, <clears throat> Greg Abbott's opinions that don't have to exist. No, he's just talking uh, about the general, in, in, the general in the office that he is. I so the villain. I'm not talking about anything specific. Okay, so the, vi- the villain existing, sure. There's always going to be a villain. I think, to the degree that Greg Abbott exists as a villain and Donald Trump, etc. Um, how does that make me feel? It makes me sad for the people that support him and support those views. It makes me concerned for, you know, my daughter's future. Um, under, I mean, like the fact of the matter is, is my daughter will have citizenship in multiple countries so that she could get the fuck out of here. If you know, stupid shit happens. Cause it's the fact that the villain exists is a definite fact of life. The degree to which that villain exists is under our control and we're fucking that up. To a pretty who is uh, no, I don't know though. Is it under our control? I mean, it takes one guy to be like, "Fuck all of this. We're going the wrong direction," and I think we should go this way more extreme direction. I, sure, I think it's, he has no control over. I think the one thing fun. you do have control over is how much it affects your day to day life and how do you how do you go? Yeah, about it. that's true. But I no, mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, that's true. That's different. But, no, society walks a path, right? Like 
we all agree that undereducating individuals makes them more susceptible to manipulation, makes them more susceptible to, you know, well, the three of us do, but we don't a all general, in this country agree that. Sure. But I think scientifically that is a proven fact. That's not like whether or not you want to agree with the psychological, you know, assessments that have been done on this, that's up to you. But um, I choose right. to side that. That's so, more what I'm talking about. Okay. So if, if we walk down that as being, you know, a, a proven thing is, you know, you can manipulate under undereducated folks more easily, then it is society's fault that, you know, a Greg Abbott gets to be in the position that he is um, with an undereducated populace with, you know, voting power that chooses that dude who doesn't have any platform whatsoever. He's passed nothing of consequence for the Texas voter in his entire, you know, uh, stint in office. Uh, the, the, all he's ever done is bad. Like the only thing, I don't think Greg Abbott has passed one single thing to benefit me as a property tax payer. Yeah, in this there case. are people there who think that Greg Abbott has had a great tenure. There are individuals who, and, and it's, so Greg Abbott's kind of a unique case. His approval under Republicans is even super low. Um, he, he is not a popular governor, but will be voted in because of the indoctrination of Fox News and their hatred for Democrats and anything that's Democrat is, is like fucking Nazism, right? So, um, but that speaks to the villain and the degree of the villain. So I, I don't know, like personally, I, I agree the villain has to exist. I think society's job is to make sure that the degree of that villain doesn't get to where Greg Abbott is. And unfortunately, yeah. because we're not educating people, Greg Abbott is in office and he does get to do the shit that he's doing to sabotage his own voting base and he won't pay consequences for it because we haven't educated people enough to care about it and so you know, why aren't we educating people who's who's that villain that villain goes directly to the voter base of the past 40 years since kind of since about the well, you could say that the voter base who chooses not to prioritize education itself is undereducated so who is undereducating the undereducated voter base no Why so are undereducated because there was a a distinct effort made by uh folks like the heritage foundation since the late 70s to purposefully um attempt Demonize to privatize to privatize, no, to privatize education by demonizing public education um, and it's been a forceful Republican campaign, just as the Supreme Court seats have been since mm -hmm. that time. Um, and they are trying to play their final hand. And uh, unfortunately, the final hand includes having a complete capitulation of the party to dogmatic <laughs> principles that are supported by Ron DeSantis, by Greg Abbott, by Donald Trump. Um and they are they're they're so entrenched and have have an entire propaganda arm that spews bullshit on a nightly basis yeah that you know they've brainwashed an entire sector of this country and to, through no fault of you know our generation, we are having to deal with it. And I think that's the problem that people need to realize. Like 
this doesn't happen between when you turned 18 and you know today like this isn't a problem that started 15 years ago right right so who's funding who's been so you said the heritage foundation the Koch brothers the, the why uh, who are these people why are they funding this? so there are people who are interested in keeping the current world order and the who has money and power and the structure and everything in the exact same way because obviously you wouldn't want to just like cede your position in society to a bunch of idiots yeah so but you're kind of you're kind of getting into hypotheticals at that point right like is it I don't, I, no no hypotheticals in the manner that i i think there are perfectly perfectly reasonable reasons for why you would want republicans in power if you're wealthy i.e lower taxes and then there are very cynical but unspoken reasons for why you would want you know a mitch mcconnell type figurehead in power and that that all relates back to white supremacy and um you know dogmatic principles of western rule under white men and um you know, colonialist type thinking. I, I, I don't want to just ascribe all of that to the funding. Cause I think that is not necessarily right. Like it, there are, there are reasons for people to support anti-abortion laws, right? Like <clears throat> whether or not we agree with those principles, they are, they are rooted in the only reason you would support full-on ban on abortion is because you're ignorant of the facts of why people get abortions you believe that hold on i know that hold on you believe that i know that okay but now okay so <laughs> let me finish we 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 all are pro-life so this isn't even a discussion but i'm telling right. you if, you've grew, if you grew up in the church and your afterlife was promised based on the fact that you support x y and z principles right and that is your goal in life is to have an afterlife then whether or not you believe that is a intellectual honest intellectually honest opinion or you agree with the opinion it is still an opinion and and it, it, i don't know like you, you you can ascribe it to ignorance fair they were taught a certain way so I want to bring this up. Uh, I raise, I raise my hand. I'll put my hand down. Um, <laughs> that theory that you're discussing there, that the that uh, that um, uh, aborting a baby is equivalent to murdering uh, or taking a life, um, that is relatively new, even in the Christian sphere, because in the 1970s, um, it was very widely believed that. And, and this is from like the the hardcore Christian community. This was like decided on at the Southern like the Southern Baptist Church like conventions or the whatever the fuck the big goddamn conservative jerk fest is called now. Uh, back in the seventies and early eighties. No, 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 not that one. Before that, it's the Southern, oh, okay. Southern Baptist one. Um, anyway, it was believed that uh, a woman. Uh, like a, a, a child's life did not start until it was separated from the mother's body. Okay. Um, which, well, and, and what's the motivation for indoctrination? So, no, I don't want to hold on because you've had plenty of time now and I would like to ask some questions. 
I, so the reason I, I bring that up was not to not to like not to further start shit. It was simply to say like that Frank's like talk about indoctrination and and uh, it's new. All that shit is brand new, and people, especially older conservative Christians who claim that shit, are simply lying. That was my point. Like you're you're simply changing your own story yeah. to support. I mean, it's the same people who are fucking pro death penalty. What? What are we talking about here? Like you, right. you can't you can't say one thing and then say the other uh, in the okay, same. Okay, I'm not breath. sure why Frank stepped away. I must have offended him. But no, I think he had to just, do, he had to do some other shit. This is about his normal take a dump time. So uh, <laughs> I know that from our other podcast. <laughs> I was just gonna. I mean, I was just gonna postulate like why uh, oh, he's back. Prostulate is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Prostate. Prostulate. Why the hell? There's like, there's like what the Bible teaches you, and then there's like what the church teaches you, right? And and then there's like, I, I just I don't think that people, I mean, the, the church is run by human beings who are fallible. You know, who we talk about in, and who have their own agendas and who indoctrinate people for their own reasons. The fucking Bible is written by fallible people and edited exactly, by fallible right? people. So like, even just don't to like put, put the ultimate authority on the Bible is to say that the people who interpreted the Bible, you know, the, the teachings and who wrote them down did a perfect job and like they did it right. I just think, but like the church specifically and in this country is run by people who have agendas that are much broader than just like teaching you know the the scripture and like well the dangerous part good human beings the dangerous part in the evangelical church in america is that we consistently talk about two people who any two people who get together uh and basically say a prayer in agreement are church that's what a church is and like what that causes is you have a lot of like really small sects of people who get together and have influence. And when the influence spreads to other smaller sects of people and they start combining together and they all have similar agreements, now their foundational beliefs are solidified in the word of God because multiple people are coming together with the same beliefs. So we must be saying the right things. So that's how your infallible people or your fallible people have infallible beliefs because they're all wrong together. But hold on, like I, I, I think if you're if you're trying to make the argument that um, believing an opinion of the church is wrong, it's not really an approach here. Um, I think the better approach is to go the way the founding fathers did, which just m- mentions the fact that the church doesn't get to have a say in what the state approves as you know, a foundational being. So I agree with that. I think the point that villain was trying to make is the influence of outside of political realm, outside the political realm, the influence can't be ignored that the church. Yeah. Is, but who cares? The influence is all over the spot, not only in religion, like that influence exists, whether you have money or don't have money, it exists. If you drive a BMW or a Mercedes, like all of this stuff influences your opinion. How often you see a black person, how often you see a poor person, like quite frankly, it's irrelevant. It just is relevant. relevant like whether or not that. you go to church, it, it, oh, is a, it is a it is a foundation of a lens. You think it's a societal like that's the church is just another another sect of society that is influence has the same influence. Well, no, but it's like if everybody is going to the same lectures and hearing the same word 
and being told that abortion is evil and you need to fucking fight it tooth and nail and kill everybody who is trying to murder all these babies and stuff. And then someone gets in there and they're like, this is a really good opportunity to like exert some power and control some people. You have a fucking problem. Well, period. You like also, it's not, I'm not saying, but, I'm not arguing anything, frankly, other than that, which is that we have a problem. I'm, I'm telling you that that can be done with anything. It doesn't have to be church, but here's yeah, the deal. Right. It's rare, rare that you ever go to a BMW hangout and you have somebody go hey, like yeah, the BMW example was just the general. I know, example. I know what you're like, I know what you're saying, but what the point I am trying true. to make like a car club, can that's I, true. the point I that I am trying to make is that either. The point that I'm trying to make is you don't have another part of society outside of like a fucking cult connection, probably that operates in the way that a church does as as far as influence that goes, that goes outside the walls of that physical location. But but that's, that's a discussion we can have. It's not a discussion that's going to change anything though. Like the thing is discuss here is going to change it. No, absolutely not. The billions of people that listen to this podcast. I think it would be, it would be, it would be a fallacy to suggest that if this discussion was had at any level of global government, anything will change. Religion is as old as the fucking hills to mankind. You're not going to change the fact that people want to participate and or do participate in religion actively, believe in it actively, get deeply entrenched in it. It is the nature of religion to have that happen. Now, discussing the the influence, sure, but... You no, you're all don't sure because like finish your point. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, you're not going to change an individual's like it, the unfortunate part about religion specifically is because people get so indoctrinated into it, you are not going to change how they perceive their religion and how that religion then forces them, quote unquote, to behave in real life, right? And I, I just don't, like I, I think I think it's a it's a it's a better route to exclude you know religious opinions from legal opinions from you know the way that the founding fathers intended to fight that battle uh, fiercely and we lost it on the Supreme Court unfortunately but and to fight that battle versus fighting the battle of of you know, incremental, like, <clears throat> spread of Christianity. I don't, I don't think you're going to stop religion from... Yeah, I, I don't... It's just I wanna, villain, I'm not trying to... Sorry, go ahead. Frank. I was going to say, villain, make your point. I really have to come back to something that Frank said that I vehemently disagree with with facts. But go ahead, villain. It's a teaser. I, I just... Uh, you're not going to... Change, you may not change someone's mind on their religion, but it, I think it is important to talk about the importance of not abandoning your own individual and critical thinking skills in any setting whatsoever, religion or otherwise. And I don't think that, um, like you said, if someone is here thinking that they're... Uh, their trip to the afterlife uh, is sort of informed by whether or not they fight the good fight here and then how they define the good fight here is, uh, you know, up to some other higher authority and it's just handed down to them. You will never win. Like, you, we will, like, you can't just 
separate church and state from that and then go, well, they, they just won't be able to fight hard enough. I mean, they're going to do everything they can. They're going to seek out every loophole they can, like we see now. They will fight it until the day they die, and then their kids will fight it, and their kids will fight it, and they will try to tear that motherfucker down like they do now. It's a holy war. Yeah. It's yeah, like, but that's been uh, that's that's been the undoing of mankind for millennia. It's not. It's true. It's, we if if we think we're going to solve this problem in our society, it's never going to be solved. Not with that attitude. Want to go back to something that you said, Frank? That again, factually disagree with. You said, and I quote: "Religion is old as the hills." World's oldest religion, Judaism, uh, or I'm sorry, Hinduism. About 7,000 B.C., which puts it about 9,000 years old. A small mountain range in central Oklahoma known as the Arbuckles, some of the oldest mountains in the United States, (laughs) 1.3 billion years old. So take your facts, shove them up your ass, Frank. Get fucked. One second. Get fucked. If you do replay the tape, I said, as old as the hills are to mankind, the Mm. Arbuckles. The Arbuckles are a bit older, I guess. Is that what you're trying to say? You're trying to say man was around 1.3 billion years ago? Neanderthals have something to say about that. Since mankind laid eyes on them, their hills, Ah, we've had religion. Oh, it's convenient Um, how you backtrack. I'm going to put the... That's what I meant to say. I'm going to put a backup beeper on here. I'm fucking I think it's a great... This is a great point like what villain is saying is 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 very important for people to realize i think the thing is where we need to probably recenter is are you ever going to change the fact that john hagee's church in san antonio exists and brainwashes people um i think we need to be very like it's here's more the deal of, here's like, the deal I, yeah, we, I, we, all, we all agree that it's a problem Right, like I think we, th- there's not a single person on this podcast that doesn't agree. Right, it's a fucking massive problem. Um, we we can have a shotgun approach to the discussion, but how we deal with it intellectually has got to be very precise because, in the end, you serve to do more damage by discounting religion than you have to gain by doing it. Here's the deal. I think you can. We all know it's a brainwashing network. I think you can disagree with it without discounting it, and I think that's where there's a difference between what y'all are arguing about. I also think that the attitude of we are not going to be able to do anything in our lifetime, and the thing, the 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 church is going to exist in San Antonio that brainwashes people, regardless of what we do, is the same bullshit that our forefathers had to deal with when it came to the Ku Klux Klan is going to operate out in the woods, going to have influence in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, regardless of what we do here in the North. It doesn't, segregation today. Segregation. Yeah, it like, <laughs> I like those, those segregation same, forever. Those same things that haunted our ancestors haunt us today, <laughs> and doesn't mean that we fight any less than they did. No, and like, no. when, we're not going to solve it, but no. we might progress it. You know? hold, hold on, wait, wait, wait. So you're mentioning, you're actually mentioning a very, it's very poignant what you just said, Brian. The Ku Klux Klan only got outed by very, very strategic, pointed discussion points attacks etc right yeah like, and then we let them in the fbi and they fucking mar- murdered okay, martin okay, luther okay, king jr sorry okay okay, okay. hold hold on right. yeah okay. the fbi did murder martin luther king jr <laughs> like we believe that on this cast i agree malcolm x too sure it's true but that's not what i was discussing <laughs> no but that's what we just said anyway go on with what you said yeah no, what i'm saying is 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 john hagee's church isn't going to tumble right because people are like, man, you guys have a really fucked up view of abortion. No, it's not. It's just not. 
that hasn't worked. It's never worked. It hasn't worked since the fucking 70s. So the, the approach here isn't about abortion, even though that is the outcome of what they're doing. Um, it is not about, you know, um, Zionism, even though that is the outcome of, you know, their, their policies. That's, that's where I think people need to become a little bit smarter about this discussion because we are all frustrated about the same shit. But if you talk to the people in these churches, you telling them that they're fucking, you know, anti-Christian because they're uh, pro uh, or anti-abortion or whatever, that's not going to do shit to them. Um, it's just, it's just not. So that's kind of where I'm coming at it. It's like we have family members in these churches, right? Like it, it, these discussions have been had. I'm just telling you, you serve to lose a hell of a lot more than you, you serve to, to even change. They, they I take more the approach. I take the approach and, of like, I understand where you're coming extreme. from. The, the flies, the honey situation. I get that. Here's how well, I'm viewing. I just I don't know the answer. I'm just here's that the that view I have. Here's the view I have. The view of religion and the dangers of a fucking cult-like following that religion, especially evangelical sure. Christian religion, brings to people. Not just the United States, but fucking people. Um, the same way that the fucking the the hardcore anti-segregationists took to the Ku Klux Klan in the South. Like fuck them. Fuck all of them. Fuck every last one of them. If you're not on board, you can get fucked too. I don't give a sure. shit what happens to you. So I say that, and I think that I'm probably taking a more extreme stance and extreme view no, 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 than what no. Villain was it's, going it's, for. But like that's that's my point of view. You're right. You, you you can have that. That's cool. You take your approach. I'm gonna do mine. I'm not also not going to go out and shout it from the rooftops and goddamn hold up signs at goddamn pastors' funerals that say like the gays love the Lord or some, whatever's going to piss them off in the same way that the Westboro Baptist church pisses off fucking people of color and, and other normal people. Yeah. Like (laughs) I eat booty. Um, like I'm, I'm not doing that, but at the same time when someone comes to me and they're like, Oh, I heard at church the other day, I will gladly tell them the fucking facts of whatever bullshit they're spewing at me. And if they are spewing something at me that I don't understand or I've heard before, but can't fully back up as to why it's fucked up. It'll just be some more research that I get to do to figure out why their views are fucked up until I get to explain it to them next time. Taking the one-on-one approach, my guy, I don't, I'm not going to scream it from the, from the rooftops, but if it comes up, I'm definitely going to tell you that abortion was not looked down upon until the fucking 1980s in the evangelical church. Yeah, but it, that's also not entirely accurate. That's an American view on it. It has always been despised by the Catholic church. Um, that's been from Oh, well, that's because they're the, goddamn child rapists and goddamn assholes. Okay, sure, but I'm saying like that specifically to America, you're right. Historically, Catholic Church has never oh, allowed and it. To be true, um, I know shit about Catholicism. 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 I just know, sure. according to Small Town Murder, it is the Baptist. They are the Baptists of the North. That's all I know. Sure. So no, but it, it, it actually doesn't factually matter. Like wh- what I'm trying to say is, it, like the, your viewpoint, I totally agree with. Like I'm not a person who's going to go seeking to change people's minds. But the question originally was, you know, how did these people get there and, you know, how, how do we fix it? The question and was, why, how do you feel about bad people? No, no, no. Yes, and then it yes, led yes, to, yes. It was. It led, yeah, but it led to multiple other questions. That you brought up. Well, and the necessity. No, of no, that Willem, Willem asked. He said, okay, so why do those people exist? And then okay. why do these people have these opinions, et cetera, et cetera? So where this landed was, 
you know, why do these people essentially feel this way and how do we, how do we affect them? And long discussion, I don't feel as though there is a clear way to deal with it. I do agree it's an issue. I do agree that Christianity and its indoctrination is um, a serious problem in our political discourse. But unfortunately, because Christianity at its core, like brainwashes people to believing that they're morally um, above reprieve, right? It's very difficult to have these discussions because they go back to, this is an attack on my Christianity and my relationship with Jesus. And, you know, therefore you're essentially behaving as the devil in that discussion. Plainly. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's all. I mean, that is the problem is like you, you, you are attacking something that morally believes itself to be so uh, above even, you know, that discussion. There's no way to poke holes in it. Sorry, go ahead. My broader question was who has infiltrated Christianity in this country and used it and manipulated it to... White supremacists, no doubt. ...their own political means and who is funding that and who has the power and yeah how do you that's a long them? i mean that's, that's a very long more, i think because for me like the way that you snap people out of a brainwash moment is to say look at this guy controlling the shit out of you look at this specific entity right here fucking you right now because you handed over your ability to think critically to your religious institution and then they betrayed you because it's not, yeah, it's gonna it's be, not it's that the religion of christianity is is corrupt or it's just a basic philosophy that there was a man who walked this earth who was the incarnation of god walked on water but, too lest we forget but i like the water and the wine bit more but right you can choose your own. but but the but but there are people obviously in this world who take that story and then manipulate it, including the Catholic Church throughout history, in order to, you know, like get the, their own sort of like agenda across and to control people. I mean, the entire age of feudalism was driven by the age Catholic Church just like acting as though God never said that riches were fucking not where it's at, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, and, and they would, they just like had opulence. It's the prosper, prosperity you know? gospel. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, that's more of what I'm getting at is like, <clears throat> who are the people who have the power, who are corrupting the religion of Christianity and know that that is the way to people's hearts, frankly. I mean, but that you're, you're talking about an absolute age old question. Cause this has been done so many times. The crusades existed for this reason. Yeah. So you, you are, you are talking about a, a foundational, <laughs> a foundational <laughs> problem that religion exposes every so often about itself that we all just keep, you know, washing our hands of keep going um, as though we've got it under control, but no one really does. I mean, once you've convinced individuals that loyalty to some, you know, kind of 
incarnate word is more important than you know the laws of their fucking city uh you've lost the battle like it's it's it is a good thing that religion in this country is dying it is a bad thing that there seems to be 30 percent of the society that when everybody walks away from it they they seek for like the fucking deeper meaning in the well um of never-ending yeah. fucking you know Frank. what do you call it um spider webs so gwen stefani you, no doubt i got it frank i just yeah. sent you a message on telegram that i want you to take a look at i have found the underlying cause to all of the problems that we've just discussed this evening it's in a single email that was received uh based on sales performance uh, around thanksgiving time frame frank do you have that in front of you there i do okay i've redacted all the things that should be uh uh damning to me professionally so go ahead and yeah, go ahead and take it. All right, sure. Wow, that really puts it into perspective. Thanks, Willem. What an incredible success story we all have had the privilege of being a small part of. I'm thankful for my no beer left behind family. Yeah, uh, and thankful for the capitalism uh, that is uh, this great that this great nation is built upon. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> what is this? Hey, the the line the I'm problem. thankful it's the problem I'm thankful I'm thankful to my blunt, my work family and thankful for the capitalism that this great nation is built upon yeah. <laughs> that that person is part of the problem no 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 I have replaced the name I with oh I got you just like threw my name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no we're we're talking so, about the, this large this this very focused problem and I'm I'm bringing in the macro view of the yeah. of the issue that we have is no, but it's, okay so so you take religion give me give me two minutes okay and i'll quickly i just all i want to say is, is it a villain two minutes or a frank two minutes just give me 30 oh. not even 30 okay. seconds ahead, jesus didn't say listen to the church he no. said listen no. to me and look and he at said the church can be anywhere he said the church can be anywhere earlier yeah. when i said two people get and together I think that's the point really i think the point is that you don't need a fucking building and you don't need a community of like people who are like all you know like listening to one guy telling him exactly what to Listen. do and you need to snap the fuck out of it i have a bunch as, of blue lives sorry as soon as you go to a church where someone's in the front of the aisle like playing yeah, tambourines leave, or fucking leave. any per well see here's the issue uh modern church services uh praise and worship is like front and for front and foremost like in the in the service well some people really need that to satisfy them spiritually. Understand that. However, for a church to do that without any performative religious acts happening up on stage, fucking, it, you're going to find assholes. Uh, then you have a church service that is needed, like someone needs, oh, I need a good message myself. That's what I need. I need a, like a good college-level lecture of what's of the Bible. Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you need a sense of community, I got a bunch of Blue Lives Matter shirts that I'm gonna hand out to all my buddies, and we're gonna fucking we're gonna rock crawl this weekend and drink a bunch of goddamn Bush Light and Michelob Ultra so we don't gain any calories, so we can go to the right. You're getting Keystone because you think it's stone because I think it's craft, and then I'm gonna go hit a fucking sledgehammer on a bunch of old tires so I can stay in shape for the Lord, and my wife can involve herself in an MLM so she can lose the kill cows that the fucking baby put on her. But no worry, I'm about to crank another baby up in her because I need to strengthen the Lord's army as we all go to church in our fucking $80,000 Jeep Wrangler. Go fuck 
every bit of that smooth off. Yeah, my 70 grand dual income. But good news, Becky just hit super double platinum in her MLM, so she's going to be able to contribute for the first time. It's going to be great. uh, Cadillac this next round. Uh, We don't do Mary Kay because that's for the libs. We do fucking Greenhorn, which is our new coffee company that if you put enough lard in, you'll shit your brains out and you'll lose weight. That's the way Jesus wanted. I call it. All right. So, hey, Brian. Quickly review your beer. I need to go grab a charger, but I'll be. Back oh, this is beautiful. Welcome to the Brian Show on No Beer Left Behind. I'm having a great time. I hope you are too. Villem's back, but he's going to get to hear Brian's beer review. I've only had two beers this evening. I'm not even going to play a beer count because it's not worth it. I've had the first beer, which is the 25th anniversary from Firestone Walker. Fantastic brew. This one, kind of bummed that Frank isn't hearing about it because I. Bought it down in Austin off his recommendation. Went to Texas Keeper Cider, which is just up the street from uh, his locale in Buda. Um, Texas Keeper is a cidery that makes small batch ciders. Uh, this one is called Cider Noir. It is their words here. I'm not saying this, but their words, their marketing is that it's double fermented with pecan and orange peel and oak aged. Okay. The oak aged is legit, but wait, you don't wait, wait. do second fermentation. <laughs> Yeah, you don't do second fermentation on those things. But um, this is a Cider Noir made from vintage apples, double fermented with extra dark Belgian candy, uh, pecans, and orange peel. Do what? Ass? It tastes like ass. This was off your recommendation. This is from Texas Keeper Cider. I'm glad. I've never had their double fermentation anything. I just I just don't know how you double ferment apples and keep control of it. No, so basically what they did, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. They used... Um, they use Belgian candy sugar, which is essentially just uh, oh, rock candy. Fermentation. Okay. It's rock candy that they threw in with the apples, and that was their dual fermentation. Not double. I will say both things fermented at the same time. Oh, they, at the same time. Okay, fair. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I do like the specifications they put on here. So they put apple varieties, Honey Crisp, Granny Smith, Sweetie, Roma Beauty, Northern Spy, Baldwin, Fuji, Rhode Island Greening, Pinata. Okay, so all those apples went into this, along with dark Belgian candy sugar, pecan, and orange peel. They only produce 658 cases, which, uh, as Frank and I have talked about before, like you can put fucking 1,500 cases on here, and I don't care if there's 200 bottles per case. I'm going to feel like this is special as shit. So I'm already going to mm-hmm. think more highly of it. But here's the deal. This is way better than the fucking cider that I tasted fresh off of their taps there at Texas Keep or Texas Keeper Cidery. Um, Cider Noir, pretty damn good. Um, it's, it's like, it's, there's a lot going on in here, and as it warms up, it's it's getting more and more intense. Uh, but this is probably one of the better ciders that I've ever had. Definitely the most mm-hmm. complex and the highest ABV. Uh, so we talked about Two Towns being a really good cidery out of Oregon, and they are. They're fantastic. Um, their cider is very unique in that their shit, you can taste it is fresh. Like those apples were goddamn probably pressed in the same place they were grown. Yeah. Very, very good. This is also very good, but very good in a different way. Um, All right. Well, I'm glad Texas Keeper is delivering for you because they, they are one of my, one of my go-tos. I will say they're they're. I think I had their heirloom or homage, something with an H. I haven't even heard of them. Um, yeah, they're Texas keeper they're like mm-hmm. two miles up the road from us. Yeah. It's a cidery. We'll have to take you. We, we, uh, I think I've sent you pictures saying we should go there, but it's, it's literally 
you can run from my house to there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, not very yeah. far at all. Um, and so it's right next to us in Dallas. No, no, no. It no, I I was when I went oh, down yeah, to Austin, Austin a few weeks ago. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, it's right next to a cemetery. Really weird location, um, but cool. Uh, yeah, no, the one that I had there on premise was their heirloom, and it was um, it was okay. It was a little funky, a yeah. little weird. It tasted more wine like than cider. Um, but, okay, okay. Pro tip: Yeah, have them pour you a sample of everything that you're tasting. They, they didn't that day. Really shit. That day that we went, they were doing no samples and no flights. So don't know what the I may. They were also having like a flea market out there. Uh, so I don't know if they that's had some, shit. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but I, the bottle that I got to go, well worth it. So thank you for suggesting it. No, absolutely. So, um, thanks for the quick beer intro there, Brian. I'm on second Guinness. Uh, Willem, I don't know if you're still doing any beer. Yeah, girl, I am sipping on the oh. same thing. Oh, wait, did you get a date? <laughs> I'm just doing the, did you get a date off that can? Too hard. I will say I did. Yeah, I checked the date. 12-21. So, oh, no, that's a good deal. That is a good deal. Well, it's like late, right, dude? Fucking December. It's late. been what I, like five months now. It still tastes really weirdly good. It's not, well, out, it's not outdated yet. Is it's it? not outdated. It's so Firestone Walker is like one of the biggest national breweries that has a ninety-day shelf life. Suggested Bell's. I think their Two Hearted is ninety-ish days. But I mean, part of the IPA nature of it, right, is that it's supposed to it's, preserve it. Well, no, 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 not supposed to preserve it. That is a fallacy. Straight no, through and through. is it? Yes, 1,000%. It is a fallacy. Don't do this to me. I'm Okay, I'm going to break down your fucking, I heard my dude bro at a tap room tell the me West about West India the, Trading Company, come yeah, on. It doesn't, uh, no, that's not what preserved. Oh. Hops are, while they are an antioxidant, they are the first ingredient in beer to go bad and to change flavors in beer. The West India Trading Company, yes, cool, they overhopped their beers, but they also boosted the alcohol, which was the preservative that got the beer to India. Now, higher alcohol in those days was 5% or 6% wasn't anything crazy. So today we have to get over that fucking hops are the preservative. Yeah. They are not that while Definitely they are an antioxidant, they will change the flavor of your beer very, very soon. That's why IPA should be consumed fresh. No matter what IPA they are, whether it's an English East coast, West coast, hazy, doesn't matter. Drink your shit fresh. And that but goes for all me, beers. Tell me, Brian, why almost because we're a week out from five months after this was canned. Why does that it taste so good? really good. Because Bell's, Bell's has impeccable fucking quality control. They make sure that a beer that is brewed eight months out tastes the same as a beer that is brewed six months out tastes the same as a beer that is brewed three months out. They have impeccable quality control. And you bought in cans, correct? Because they don't sell 12-pack yeah. bottles up there. Yep. Cans, even though they technically oxidize faster than bottles... They do a great job when packaging their cans of doing it in a near vacuum. So there's almost no oxygen available to get into those cans while they're being while they're being sealed. That is Bell's being Bell's. Their fucking Kalamazoo or their Comstock brewery where all that beer is made is fucking amazing. So that Comstock is all where? Bell's. Comstock, Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Yeah, really good. I mean, like, I would have thought like, you know, February, January. Yeah. No. I, I, listen, I mean, here's the deal. Nerds will pick up when a beer is a little past its prime, but you can be a little past your prime and still be fucking amazing beer. 
Yeah. That's good. So I just quickly want to wrap on on this was my <laughs> fifteen minute. No, 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 just brainwashing in general. Because I, I see it currently happening with um the whole inflation narrative. It's been happening for a while. And Okay, hold um, on. You do admit that inflation is high right now. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. But it, it, the fact that it's high doesn't mean much. Um, um, um it's affecting people's like my fucking landlord used it as an excuse to just up my rent for no reason, even though they don't spend any money on my property. Okay. So, so the fact that that is happening um, doesn't mean much is what I'm saying in, in, in the macro scope of things, right? So um, a person's ability to afford said product has not increased uh, at the rate at which things yeah. have gone up in price, right? Um, and there's nothing to suggest that it will. So um, I think the, the inflation narrative is – I was a little bit early. I thought it would die off kind of October, December. If you guys remember early last year, a couple months off, it's fucking macroeconomics. It's never exact. But um, if we're still talking about this this time next year, I'd be very surprised. Um, the, for various complexities, inflation did not take place. Uh, or uh, the the ability to afford, um, you know, excess cost is not something that is, um, you know, available to the average consumer. It is strictly available in a uh, a money supply move that the Fed did over uh, the COVID period when they made um, kind of lending a lot more. Um, accessible both to small businesses and corporate um, America uh, in order to stave off, you know, wage um, or paychecks not being paid and shit like that. So um, long story short, uh, unless wage gains start happening very soon, and actually in the last inflation report, wage gains have been um, – decreasing so weekly hourly earnings are down three percent and uh, monthly hourly earnings are down six percent month over month unless that somehow reverses and wage gains keep going um, at a rate that truly would be unfathomable um, whatever inflation has taken place will most likely have to revert to some sort of a price settling for a long-term period as wages catch up um, or some sort of deflationary pressure like you're seeing in the used car market, which is down 35% week over week. Um, So it's all that is to say, be very careful when you read inflation narratives in finance because they are normally preponing hedge funds and large money movements that are trying to get people to crowd into certain investments. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's, it's, it, you need to be very, very, even more so with financial news because hedge funds own financial news. Um, and the narratives being kind of discussed in, in, in those circles are far beyond most people's pay grades that read them and spread them. So yeah, go ahead, Bill. Okay, so a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I forgot the first one. 
but so one question <laughs> off the hot start <laughs> that is the most hour well, 40 i feel like i'm forgetting number two now too uh do you okay yeah i, I remember both do you feel like let me ask both you answer both okay one do you think that the way that we measure things is not um practical anymore yeah we should start below the skin you know really push the sh like skin shaft down that's no, what you I'm weren't asking me sorry i'll, no. I'll, just, I'll take it off the air it, it really is big um <laughs> 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 no, no uh, but like, you know, I mean, like wage growth, like that is just so. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Even hold, by the fact... So that's one Whoa. question. And then the other question is, um, do you think, okay, so like you're saying this thing about inflation will go down, you know, so inflation, okay, let's inflation is a measure of how much the cost of goods have increased from point x to point y right uh, hold on though we measure here and a bag of bread <laughs> a bag of bread, a loaf of bread costs this much yep. now let's say we measure on 2020 january 1 and a bag of bread costs this much and then we there measure, you go bag of bread again i know what and a loaf of potatoes now. and then january 20 january 1 2022 <laughs> same bag of bread <laughs> costs you know this yeah. much inflation is the diff right it's so the difference yes, correct between those. Mm -hmm. okay yeah. that is what inflation is at, at a we very very it. but now what if what if we're telling, general what if we're telling bread manufacturers that bread is or that inflation is you know go oh, so eight, one eight and a half percent in march so cost of goods what well, no hold on wait no 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 what and, and so like then what if we're like telegraphing that to the bread manufacturer and then they're like okay well now we're gonna you know inflation's going up so we're gonna bread's gonna go up too because we're anticipating hold on. okay so let's let's do that discussion second let's do that second because that's a very okay. you're getting into a long-winded discussion so the first point the first question you had is what we're measuring archaic. No, it's not. Um, there are arguments to be made that we should be. Intense, but, you no, know, no. I mean, but you're saying or like, is it is it it's inaccurate? Not. It's not. Can we do better these days? We 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 can do better by including more goods in the CPI measure, which is our generally accepted measure for inflation, um, and probably discounting some other goods, but. Um, because we trend and inflation is nothing but a trend, right? You would also have to um, probably for a while track two levels of inflation until you have enough data to then uh, so track. Time out, sorry. That question is not like measuring it about measuring inflation because I feel like that's pretty objective. It's just this cost, of, you know, same thing. How much is it costing more versus? I mean, more like uh, first wage growth, okay. unemployment. I'm getting, I'm getting there. So for, for okay, okay. So for inflation specifically, can do, do either of you know how it's measured? I, mean, I was I, always told it was from the back of the balls. 
and I'm <laughs> learning new stuff well, every just night. tell everybody how inflation is because it, it, this is important there is a basket yeah. of agreed upon goods that literally get purchased uh, by I believe it's the University of Michigan um, every wow. single report which is once a month and they take the basket of goods they I purchase saw the them. list huh uh, yep. And it'll tell you, like, oil went up this much, et cetera. Exactly. Gas, I guess, yeah. Correct. Um, and that's how they measure it. Okay. It, it, is, it is the most consistent way to measure it that we have come up with. Is it the best way? We don't know. It's the way it's currently accepted, right? Just economics, I, I want to I be very clear about this. Economics is a moving target at best. People want to equate it to math. They want to equate it to biology and chemistry. It is not. Um, so what I'm saying here is a perfectly valid, you know, viewpoint on economics. I'm a studied individual in economics. I've spent most of my life during my free time, unfortunately. Um, but you nerd, sorry, you, you legit can't ever take this for face value, right? So that's why when people get into heated economic discussions, and they're not open to viewpoints and they're not open to, you know, they, they're dogmatic. You need to really start raising the red flags. Like I can honestly tell you, I don't know where inflation is going, but I will say without wage growth, it's going nowhere. Um, that okay. is a, that is an empirical fact. Come on. Uh, yep. So again, so now, measuring. Wage, huh? No, now I was going to get to wage growth now. Right, but time out. So measuring inflation, yeah, I, I agree. Like pretty objective by, I, I like that, honestly. By this basket of goods that matter to people, you know, week to week, and then buy it again later on and see what the what the diff is. But as far as like, um, as far as like wage growth goes, or, or like, uh, like, how are you, there's so many different jobs there's so many factors to like, well, well, that's, that's it's so subjective what I get paid, including, you know. It's not, it's not. Mm. Payroll processors share their data with the government. So ADP is the wage report. It gets issued every single month. So this, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to economics. We don't fuck around with the figures because it literally impacts Wall Street. So when, when you start digging into it, you need to go into it knowing there's empirical shit here that people have theories about, but they never, never theorize about the empirical because we can't, we can't afford to do that. So the CPI is empirical. We know how it's done. The wage report is empirical. We know how that's done. Now, does that mean that it's right, that we can't do it better? No, it certainly doesn't always mean it's right. It certainly doesn't always mean we can't do better. Um, and it also doesn't mean that the theories around it are, are finite and you know conclusive. So there are certain things, however, that are generally accepted principles because they make logical sense uh, when it comes to specifically things that are as impactful as inflation. Because inflation reduces a purchase, uh, the purchase power of, of, of every human in society, right? So 
that reduces their ability to stimulate demand. It reduces their ability to then uh, stimulate GDP growth. It's a very important thing to study, and it's been studied ad nauseum. And there is zero, zero percent chance that inflationary pressure in any price for any good is sustainable unless the demand side of that good has a somewhat reciprocal, um, you know, bump in a in, in purchasing power, right? So wage growth. That makes in, sense to me. So, um, so, oh, so go ahead. Is this based on like the infinite growth model of capitalism? Of like we must always, uh, you know, a company must always grow <laughs> to take it to the to take it to the beer uh, beer world you're talking about 25 percent growth year over year no matter what happens in the rest of society right and then it's wonder why based on that and then the other question is like um i forget it now Keep wait re repeat your first question i'm not sure I, I fully understand what you're asking so your assertion was what what I was saying yeah, is, if there's is, not enough, to, if there's not enough demand, it's like I gotta buy bread. A new, a new price point what, is not sustainable. Yeah, I gotta buy bread though. I, you know, I gotta eat regardless, or I gotta fucking fill the tank, or regardless of what you, for the most part, you know, unless. Well, hold on, but there's a finite amount that you can afford. Huh? There's a finite amount that you can you can actually afford. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so even with credit, there is a finite amount that you can afford. Yeah. And what, what, what society tells you from an economics point of view, um, or what economic theory, not society tells you is that you, you might be able to extend yourself for a quarter, two quarters, maybe even a year, but at some point you need to make more money. And uh, the, the, the pain, right? So there's this thing called price, price elasticity, okay? And price elasticity is the, the direct correlation between a increase or decrease in price and its impact on demand. Okay. And how, how, how much demand goes up or down, okay? Um, but it is a lagging indicator, which means it takes a bit for that to actually show itself right? Because some people, to your point, will stretch themselves for a little bit. So yeah. it, it, that's, that's why when people talk about economics, like, oh, it's Joe Biden's fault, or it's Donald Trump's fault, whatever. Economics, much akin to our previous discussion, is normally five, 10 years in the making. Um, what we're seeing right now just happens to be a very small window and an instantaneous response to a very particular problem in this country, which is the valuation of assets and um, wealthy people having shit tons of cash and needing to put that cash somewhere, okay? Which is driving housing prices. It's driving uh, fucking yachts and airplanes and all this shit. So like you Zillow start... buying up, you know, thousands of properties across the country. Exactly. That's affecting people because they can't, buy houses they can't compete with fucking yep. Zillow. 
So, so, so okay. how is that going to play out? It's, it's, the Fed is actively playing the game. Okay, so what the Fed is doing, in my opinion, we'll look back on this in a year and probably say Frank's an idiot, but um, in my opinion, what they're doing is they are forcefully increasing interest rates to so when interest rates go up it means that liquidity for these riskier investments go down because some people are willing to take three four five percent on a two-year note to not be in this pricing game right so they go they buy the two-year they buy the five-year whatever so now their their cash is locked up now there's a seven hundred thousand dollar five acre plot of land that should really be 250 that someone owns that they need to sell right what happens to the pricing the pricing continuum just collapses on itself um and it, when when you reevaluate the 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 value of some of these private equity funds that own all this shit they're gonna be like holy shit i lost a shit ton of money on paper i need my money back you guys are fucking up so the fed by pushing up interest rates will increase the carrying cost of these investments decrease the asset prices because people won't be able to afford as much house at a five percent seven eight percent interest rate for a mortgage um and they know who owns these assets it's not the average american are they worried so, about that does no. that worry them no they are they, they are, okay, are they okay with everybody renting here to fourth no that's actually it's a terrible onus for society if that's what happens it's Do also terrible it's, it's an ominous sign for banks because banks make money off lending they don't make money off renting so they want to be dishing out mortgages yeah well, why wouldn't you as a bank and honestly as, as a human why wouldn't you want a mortgage like both of those things are are it's a mutual that's one of the few mutually beneficial markets in society honestly unless mortgages the banks are, also invest in insurances and like homeowners insurance in which case you're fucking double dipping yeah and and mortgage uh, uh mortgage insurance all that shit yep. so you you it's a mutually beneficial relation it's one of the very few banking relationships symbiotic. that benefits both sides it's symbiotic yeah symbiotic um so so it honestly it's one of the only bank products that works that way um so the the main risk here so you said okay you know sounds good will they ever do it the main main risk is adjustable rate debt because that shit resets once a year and it is normally tied to some underlying interbank lending rate which is heavily impacted by the fed funds rate being fucked with and a one two percent increase on a 15-year loan is a significant amount of money for a person carrying that loan. Uh, it will impact your credit card interest rates. So if you're an individual who has a little bit of debt currently being carried that, you know, is on an adjustable rate. My shoulders are broad, I, Frank. You don't need to call me out, okay? I am carrying I would, that debt right I would very, <laughs> very, very actively be looking to get that into a fixed rate. Um, mm. if I can't get a fixed rate, then I would be looking to pay that off or at least pay it down at a rather rapid pace. Mm. Um, 
you okay. and definitely, definitely look before you do any of that stuff when your next rate adjustment is coming because it'll say it in your rental or in your loan agreement. When you call them, they'll tell you um, when, when rates adjust, that's when the average consumer can get hurt by this. And that's what the Fed is honestly they're trying to avoid. They're they're playing a very kind of sensitive game of of chicken with wealthy individuals and asset prices. Um, it's risky, but long term, it's what's needed. Uh, people need to be disincentivized to drive up asset prices just because they think there's an unlimited ceiling to the the price level they can reach. So long, that's that's yeah. All of that helps. I, I mean, guys, I'm trying to buy a house. Uh, it's a fucking hairy situation. Godspeed. Oh, it's very one. difficult. Yeah, uh, and I, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it right now. I would I wait. Can't. Yeah, do I'm it not. like I'm doing with a brewery. Just wait until some bad shit happens, and then just snatch one up whenever you have. But when the time you want to be the thing is like you want to be prepared, you know. So you want to be in that situation, and like, so you want to have that approval compounds, mm-hmm. and it's just not. But don't don't. Not a, what I would do, what I would do, is keep saving like you're saving for a down payment, and just keep going, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Having a huge um, down payments never gonna fucking hurt. Am I right? It's never gonna fucking hurt, and and. Once things happen, cash will be king. Like I, I think the the thing, and and I was there for the two thousand eight crisis. Like I spoke very actively, you know, in several, you know, forums mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State. And, mm-hmm. You know, I was speaking from the underemployment line for a while. <laughs> so. Um, I know I was I was deep in it, like deep in it. I was doing the re re uh, resecuritization of those mortgage-backed securities when I worked on Wall Street. Like, it, 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 what happened then was excess risk-taking and the belief that you can't lose money. That's the core principle. Once once that starts happening in a market, you need to stay away from it. And real estate right now is that. So stay away. Just stay away. That you you will never be hurt not spending money that you didn't have anyways. Yeah, but the, and, the shitty thing is that you're you're renting, so you're just like giving this idiot money who like you know. But is it that shitty though? Is it is the is the counter not shittier? Where you could literally buy something for five hundred, four hundred, right. and it could be worth two hundred next next year. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. I mean, that's- so so that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say is the risk you run here is you go buy something even if you love it and you don't make a dollar off it for 10, 20 years, right? And 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 Brian and I are lucky enough we're not in that situation, right? Um, and, and the, the market could literally have tomorrow and I would still make money on this house. I, I was going to say, but, we're, we're in the point where like my house comparable, like a comp in my neighborhood is like 90% increased in value more. at this yeah. point. And so, like, so it's so tempting, but I know like what tomorrow may bring and it's not, not okay. worth it. And, and, and your, fir- your first house is not an investment. It's just a place to live. So you're paying rent. It just happens to go to yourself. Well, Says you, motherfucker. I, I bought in North mortgage. Texas. 
Sorry. <laughs> that, that mortgage is fucking less than what you're paying rent, you know? So, like, you want that because well, it, it's it, thing it, and you're paying less than you would pay for that same house. We were lucky enough where, yeah, sure. that was the I, case. I would agree, but that's just because the rental market has gone crazy. Yeah. Um, and, oh, but it's also God. it's also God. a signal for what the housing market's doing. So it's, it is a double-edged sword unless you were locked in in a fixed-rate mortgage 12 okay. months Last or more ago. Financial questioning. Did you hear about GameStop? Did you have you heard about what these people are trying to do to GameStop? Okay, so let's wait one second. Brian had one last point on, yeah, sorry, on the housing. Brian, oh, it was a it was actually just a main point about financial in gen, financial talk in general. Um, it was twofold. Uh, one, we were going to talk about taxes and how capital gains really fuck some people, but I was going to bring it back to how we need to make sure that Parker pays his capital gains on his scratchers from 2021. We do. We do. You got to pay that. The government will find out. The other thing I was going to say is all this uh, fucking hourly wage adjustment talk made me feel a lot less good about my promotion today. Anyway, I'm just going to say that and uh, say, uh, and we'll just move move on. Hey, a promotion's a promotion, dude. You're still right. at a better place than you were. Sure, we'll go with That's that. True. And we'll go with that. Um, you know, That's but ask me again in a year. We'll see how it goes. And then when the, the cost of a bag of bread and a loaf of potatoes is lowered back <laughs> down, then we can all rejoice together and pop bottles of Clico. As we celebrate Brian's one year. Oh, fuck. There goes Frank for the the GameStop question. Well, and no, he can. You know what? You know what we're, we're gonna two do. Two hours into the. We're cast gonna do now. this, and we're back. Potty break for the dog and beer break for Frank. Villain, hit us with it. Yeah. GameStop. Okay, so GameStop last year, what happened was uh, everyone knows about GameStop last year. There was a someone was exposed for basically trying to put GameStop to the grave early and shorting shares and trying to make a shitload of money. And then uh, another guy who is really good at analyzing stuff (laughs) in the stock market understood that something shady was going on, called it out, brought a bunch of retail investors up to... uh, up to whatever you would say what up to uh speed understanding (laughs) fuck oh up to speed yeah up to speed speed. yeah i thought you said feed yeah up to speed uh about what was going on and enough regular blokes like us bought (laughs) yeah bought gamestop (laughs) stock including wealthy folks who could afford like a lot of stock in order to keep it from in, to keep that stock price from tanking and to keep this company alive, essentially. And uh, fucked has been fucking this this corporation or this hedge fund Citadel, who, who is responsible for investing some of the government's money. Um, and so it, by saving this, they... Um, piqued the interest of another hedge fund called BlackRock or investment firm. And they bought up a shitload of shares of GameStop, keeping this stock alive. And since then it's been a battle of like up and down trying to, well, Citadel knows it's fucked. So just trying to like basically slowly, you know, get, get out of their position while, um, 
people keep the stock afloat. And now there's this guy, Ryan Cohen, who has uh, taken the helm and has become the CEO of because he believes in this this strategy of keeping GameStop afloat. And I'm just curious what the hell is going to happen because it sounds epic. And it ties into COVID. It ties into this like premature prediction of the death of retail, which didn't come to be come to pass. And I mean, but it has kind of come to pass. Like you, you got to remember, GameStop is a specialty retailer who happens to also get exclusive access to certain releases. Um, they were going they, under. I mean, they were not. Yeah, but they had they had cash. It was it was a very dumb company to try to put out of business in this manner. Um, and so, they, but but I mean, shit. Like, so what is going to happen though? Okay, so there's there's a couple things that I would just be cautious of. I don't know. So the analysis said that Citadel had money from the government. All of them do. Um, if you're a hedge fund, you are getting money from government pension funds, no doubt. Hell, I got a tax refund from the government this year, so I get government money. You guys want to put no. money in, in Brian Fund? It's pretty sweet. And the last the last thing I want to say is that the people who are trying to like basically drive GameStop, what they're trying to do is to uh, get the shorts to have to do what, Frank? So they have to make margin calls. Make margin calls, which means yeah. that they have to actually pony up the shares that they... No, 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 no. Okay. okay. So so when you short sell, the act yeah. of short selling is to borrow someone's shares and then sell it into the market. What these people are doing is... Okay, so there's, there's two things that happens when you do that. You create a debt obligation, right? Of so shares. you know how... Of of money that of happens money. to also be shares. Okay. But if 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 your capital reserves go down below a certain amount, they will give you a call and say, "Hey, Frank, you need to either sell some shares or, you know, give us some money." And in this case, they have no shares to sell because they were shorting oh, oh, on oh. shares that don't exist. Well, okay, so that's no. <laughs> So, so here's 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 where GameStop theories, like always, they rely on a certain amount, and and I I agree what what they're, the general theory is correct, the 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 underlying reasoning they're just slightly off, right? So, right. there's always amount a certain amount of shares out there that don't physically exist in the market, month after month. It just it's the way options work. Um, options contracts are written um, similar to lottery tickets with the idea that's, that no one's ever going to redeem the options contract. That's what I was going to say. To me, this sounds it sounds like they're betting, and now mm -hmm. that they're having to pay up on these bets, they don't have the money to actually pay what they wagered down on the table. But we're talking about two different markets here. That's where people like I, people like to talk about it as, as the same thing. It's not the same thing. No, we're trying to so, dumb it down. You're talking about our two different markets because you understand both <laughs> markets. We're talking about shit that we understand. That's where yes. we fucking disagree. <laughs> trying to get you guys to understand both because it's important. Yeah, but you're actually, like ten okay, minutes. Okay. You're at ten minutes right now. Go. Like I, get I'm us get us closer. I'm going to. Okay, so the physical stock market is just shares that you can go buy in a company that ends up yeah. in a market. Okay. For X price. Correct. For X price. 
those shares in theory can have can no so if if you own shares you can go write an options contract Phil, you're so fucking stupid god damn it it's called it's called a call okay and you can write that contract and someone can purchase it in the market or you can write a put option and someone can purchase that in the market okay and those contracts are 100 share increments so if you don't own 100 shares you can't write a contract okay now what that 100 share increment kind of allows you to do right is make a little money on the risk premium that you sold to that person right but if whatever you sold comes true this is where it gets complex this is where the gamestop theory always is difficult to explain because it is super complex finance so walls like stock market finance not finance finance so if you if you sell a call option and your your price is reached right by the market and the market runs beyond your price so let's say you said i'll sell you gamestop for 150 bucks a share today it's trading at 140 you pay me whatever two bucks a share for me to do that for you right so now you're 142 bucks in sorry 152 bucks in a share for that contract right and that contract is priced based on very kind of acceptable derivative finance, which is called the Black-Scholes model. It accounts for a lot of shit. But it now says that today, based on volatility, based on interest rates, everything, um, you know, $152 per share is what you should sell this contract for. So now you sell the contract. Two bucks a share, you net 200 bucks. Okay. Tomorrow, GameStop's at 156 bucks. All of a sudden, this person has a contract that might be worth $9 a share, $10 a share, right? So they just went and quadrupled their money in one day, right? They have two options in that scenario. They can either sell the contract to someone else, right? Closing the contract out, or they can redeem the shares. What also happens in the options market is sometimes there are more options contracts and this is one of those things that shouldn't be possible but does happen there are more contract options out there than shares available what gamestop holders are trying to do is they are trying to lock their shares up to not be available for two things okay redeemable for options contracts right? Because they're not writing options contracts against these shares. And secondarily, which is where you're coming in, Willem, being available for short sell. So they want the physical shares in their hand. They want like stock certificates issued and shit like that. They're very, yeah, they're very serious about that. Yeah. Specific ways to buy it through Fidelity or computer share. Computer share is the stock certificate issuer for Wall Street. Okay. it's what they're doing. So uh, smart, can they get enough momentum behind it? I'm not sure, but even if they get 40% liquidity out, out of the market, right? Essentially a certificate hanging on someone's wall, it's gonna pose a, a serious issue for price stability for GameStop. Now, where this could hurt their whole theory is 
<laughs> if the market is illiquid, normally prices tank. <laughs> so um, I'm not. I'm the not market sure. meaning. So if you shrink that down to like just GameStop, then if GameStop is illiquid, the price will tank. Yes, because there's no shares to trade. Their their theory is, if there are no shares to trade, we can command whatever price we want. What they don't understand is human. Uh, okay, so think about fire escape. Just think about it as a fire escape. Yeah. As soon as the price that offer price goes down, they think it's going to go up. It's not going to go up. So their theory is is that at some point Citadel is going to have to buy these shares. Yeah, because they're hoping that they're driving them into a point where they have to because they have to because the shares that they shorted they have to produce at some point. They do have to produce them at some point, but there are many ways to produce those shares. And they don't shares. exist. There's so many that don't exist that they have to it, produce. In theory, there are so many that they don't have to that don't exist. What they don't understand though is GameStop just announced, right? that they are going through a new, they're splitting. Um, That's not going to impact the amount. It's just going to double the shares that they have to produce. Okay. But what GameStop can do tomorrow, which I think is what this, this Chewy CEO is trying to prevent is issue more shares. Okay. If they issue more shares, they'll get more money, but it also means that pension funds can buy them. And then, you know, Citadel can use that to, to redeem shares. So um, it is a stalemate to an extent, but you have to remember all of this within context. GameStop is an $11.5 billion company. Um, Citadel, as a, as, a, as a hedge fund, is north of $50 billion. Um, this has made a significant dent uh, in their ability to you know, finance ongoing investments, and th- they've been made a joke on Wall Street uh, they will keep being a joke. This will probably be the last trade that fund ever makes. Um, but it's it, finance is a little bit more complex than um, some of the. You can the say theory. it. You can say it more complex than laying a bet down on the table. No, it is. It is, and 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 and, yeah. and the theories are always pretty sound like i what i what i will say i respect about the gamestop community is they really do try to understand this stuff and and it is it is not easy because it's it's i mean you're talking about and this is actually where people if you know individuals who studied finance it's derivatives like this is all they are right like that's where the money is made in finance and as much as people don't enjoy derivatives just for math right this is like derivatives in operation so it's the reason people won nobel or not yeah nobel peace prizes but nobel prizes for economics uh, for coming up with derivative finance because it does at its core it, it it functions very well to provide liquidity to society but it can end up in this scenario, which is what we're discussing, where you accidentally are able to acquire more shares of a company that doesn't have a lot of shares, 
um, and you can get cornered. So the smart thing that yeah. most people do is they, they trade these products and companies with hundreds of millions of shares. Yeah. So you can't, you know, activist investor, yeah, yeah. You, like, like retail investor your way out of it. Like the AMC people, they're fucked. Their, their theory blows out of the water because you're never going to get 70 million shareholders. Hearing you, thing. hearing you talk about this, like it makes sense. It does. But what it sounds like is you're you're blaming the derivatives and the fucking formulaic equation on the problem when the problem is actually the fucking like foundation of Wall Street is the problem is the fact that like you can trade on things that don't actually exist and make money on things that don't actually exist and there are loopholes in place so that you don't have to pay out as much or like what you actually placed on the line. It's it's not because it's all carrying costs. Yeah, but so, that's that that's some shit that doesn't exist in fucking real life math. Like that's what it boils down to. Like it's like that seems like a foundational fucking problem, not a formulaic problem. No, it is a it is a formulaic and foundational but, problem. But it's by allowing a formula that doesn't exist in real life. No, the formula exists. It's an agreed it's an agreed so, upon equation. <laughs> so this man Ryan Cohen, the Chewy CEO, like you call him, but like the fucking guys call him. Uh, he comes in and he is trying to modernize GameStop, and With, without issuing new shares. To be clear, without yeah, he's not issuing new shares. They are trying to. They did file for he specifically filed for a stock split, which, as I understand, it means ah. that if you own a share and it splits, then you own like 13 shares or something. Yeah. And fundamentally on the same amount of the company. Right. Right. But yeah. And then, but, but each share is worthless, obviously. Um, he comes, it, 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 but more, more talking about like practical or real world. So like comes in, uh, excuse me, spurped beer, you know, how dare you villain? Take a lap. <laughs> uh, it's a gentleman's he, podcast. He's and now the CEO and he's trying to actually bring GameStop into the future. And then on top of that, he's like, it, part of the employee compensation package is like stock share. And then he's also encouraging employees to additionally buy up more stock yeah. of the company. Does this lead to the same conclusion that you're talking about here? Yeah. So, so again, what I said is it, it is a sound um the thesis is sound um your 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 ability to organize the amount of people that own gamestop is within like within reason your ability to organize the amount of people to own apple to do the same thing is fucking not and that's where you know your Okay, so to Brian's point, right? Fundamentally, is that a problem in the equation? No. Um, is it a problem in the foundations of, of of Wall Street? I would also suggest no, because what 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 options are are hedges against downside risk or the reverse um, upside risk within an investment. They are not normally used when you to say, make money. when you say hedges. I'm sorry. I just want to point out that hedges, uh, in this case, or like protections. Is that what you're talking about? Correct. 
Okay. It's so insurance. I, just, I, I, yeah, I want to point that out is that we refer to hedges in this case as insurance and hedge funds as separate things altogether, but in reality, they are the same fucking thing in which and case not, you're protecting your investment into in this case. fund. But yeah, so, so, so hedges are insurance, hedge funds are pure capitalistic trading institutions. So, um, when when you purchase options, they are so okay. So again, you're getting into kind of the depths of finance here. But um, if 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 you're at all interested, do go read up what the Black Scholes model is. The Black Scholes model is the generally accepted, not generally accepted. It, it is the model for modern day options, and the Black Scholes model has five Greek Greeks is what they're called. Interest rates. Um, volatility, uh, uh, time to depletion, um, underlying price of the asset, and there's one more that I can't remember. Um, but I, this is like what I lived for 10 years. So in any case, the Black-Scholes model is how you determine the price of an option. And uh, the, the, the most impactful components of the Black-Scholes model, because interest rates don't change often, is time to expiration and uh, the volatility of the underlying asset. So it makes sense that you would use that to hedge against price movement, right? Because if prices move a shit ton in a day, you don't have a chance to sell all your assets, at least you made some money in you know the underlying options that are hedging against, you know, the asset that you hold. So, okay, that's a long way of saying. Options are not meant to be traded and and recovered for shares. And unfortunately, this dude thought he was going to catch the top of a bubble and buy options to then redeem for shares. Okay? This and dude being who? The Citadel dude. And at the same <laughs> at the same time, he was still short a bunch of shares of GameStop that he kept paying to keep the trade on. That is a part of the story that Villa did not explain. That makes this so whole he's, scheme a he's little in a very big problem. That makes it dirty. He's <laughs> saying he's fucked. Yeah. He's no, he is. He, he's he's uh, only. The story is that they're only not, not being prosecuted by the government because they control government money, and the government is trying to keep the lid on basically all of this falling apart. Let's take a look at what Citadel's assets under control is. I'd be surprised if it's more than a hundred billion. Hundred billion is a fuck ton of money, and you just said yeah, Villem, you're thinking billion. in micro scale. We're thinking in macro. Okay, you just said they're worth fifty billion. So if it's a hundred billion, okay. that's still twice Here's their the net worth. They're worth fifty. They're now worth thirty-five. Um, so it is. I thought I said if they had a hundred, it would still be piss. Um, they currently have thirty-five billion assets under management. Yeah, fucking poor that, people, Jesus yeah, Christ! It's, no, it's it literally is nothing. Go look at Bridgewater Associates. Nah. If if someone said this about Bridgewater, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. Um, Bridgewater Associates assets under management is currently two hundred and twenty-three billion. They don't even have one tenth of that. So yeah, take a look they, at Kowalski says what, and tell me what their assets are worth. You know what happens, Frank. 
they could, they, okay, so in theory, Citadel's not going to go under. Um, they might get liquidated by their investors because if you have $35 billion under management, um, you could, in theory, buy GameStop three times over and not go under. Okay. So um, if you're allowed, right? Or just purely hostile takeover? Purely GameStop decides to liquidate their assets into, like Citadel can purchase them tomorrow. Shareholders don't need to vote on that. So, um, okay. Okay. So the, the biggest, the, the theory that these folks have is sound. Um, the only problem that they are going to face is really it's in the options redemption. It's not in the short selling. The short selling is just going to cost him money. Um, and the price moves up, it moves down his margin call gets called or it doesn't you know like he can take money in and out of that account it doesn't really impact him because he can afford gamestop three times over okay any of his shares that he cannot redeem from the options that he owns he cannot convert those are they're magnitudely more risky and those can sink him um but That's i find getting on right i find it unlikely that he doesn't own enough on both sides of that trade because you can also go buy puts which is the exact opposite bet right yeah. or you can buy calls which is the opposite of a put so i've got a feeling he's got that under control too um now the pissing contest between him and blackrock they've long hated each other blackrock again is like it's like pissing against bridgewater associates they're massive i think blackrock has trillions of dollars under management um it's it's yeah 10 trillion dollars for blackrock by the way um so that's why 35 billion is piss so so he'll lose he will lose that battle but what does losing mean to him losing means he loses let's say three billion four billion dollars he doesn't have 35 billion dollars tied into gamestop right um let's say he loses three four billion dollars there um it's as a crusade i get as a as a we're gonna ever demand whatever price we want for our shares yeah i, I don't think so i mean I, I just think you're at that point you're dealing with crowd theory and crowd behavior more so than everybody has a price right like everybody has a price and if you paid 40 dollars a share and someone gives you 300 a share you're gonna take it um, it's it, uh, like, I think there's a lot of boasting about how long these people are going to hold out and you're going to slowly see the leaks to the exit and that price, that max price that people are getting is like, Oh God, I was just sold today for four or 500 is going to eventually trickle that price down. Um, because at that point you're just supply is trying to catch up right to, uh, to the exit. So. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we've never seen anything like this in finance. So this is just a frank theory um, yeah. based on, you know, the bullshit that I know about it, which is more than most, but it's frankly, it's not the most. Like there's okay. people who are Last them. question, and I, this will be the last question. Do you think this, that this is a, like, this is a sign of a deeper underlying problem with our financial institutions? or like our economy as a whole 
And do you think tighter regulations will come as a result of this little episode? Again, um, I'll, I'll say I'll leave that to kind of the the, the regulators. I, options have a purpose. Um, short selling does have a purpose. It should not be naked short selling. Um, so I think in that manner, we might need better regulations around naked short selling. Um, we should never get rid of options. Um, they are a very important component to um, price discovery and, and managing risk for um, your pension funds, your ETFs, right? Like people who have an incredible amount of, of assets that they're forced to tie up based on investment theses that they have to publish to their investors, right? They can easily caught up in a downside cycle to where they have to sell stuff um, at pennies on the dollar because they have to liquidate so quickly. Options avoid, you know, volatility, even though they are volatile in and of themselves. So they're so like wanna... a, a competitive sort of check on just how yes. old are options? How, how old is short selling? Short selling has been in existence since the markets existed. I mean, you could always, I mean, if you think about this, short selling is what you do when you sell your crop before you've harvested it. Did short sellings begin in 1928 or 1930? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, if I sell Willem a sandwich before I made it, yeah, I, that's the same thing. Well, right? would like, you be okay if I paid you for a hamburger today and or bought a hamburger today and paid you on Tuesday? Because Mr. Wimpy did that in Popeye cartoons and that fucking shit didn't work. If inflation's going rampant, I would not. But if inflation is not a concern then and all you're of a stable. sudden. Oh my God, inflation is going rampant. No, we didn't say that. We didn't say that. Cut that. Cut that. I'll cut it out, Frank. But you, you understand the reason why you would short sell that not on Wall Street, like in a given market, it, it allows you some revenue to produce. Everybody short sells. I get that. It's, it's investment. Like that so is the premise of investment. Exactly. And people get so short sighted about what they're talking about. Like you're literally suggesting short it's selling. Like, it's like you're taking a gamble on someone or you're placing a bet on someone's success and or failure. I think saying that it's a it's betting on something failing, that might not be the whole story. Really, it's, not, it's, not really, it's betting on whether or not I will be as satisfied today with what I get tomorrow. tomorrow. That's like how you short sell Zoom against Apple iPods. So, so okay. do you, would you say you short sell every time you sell a stock? Then basically, because then you're you're basically betting that it's not going to do better. Than That's your, called divesting. When you're selling now, you are in, in in theory you are, but you don't create an obligation, right? So short selling is right. much more. I sell hamburgers on the side of the road, and I sold ten of them. And five of them I have to do tomorrow because I don't have the capacity to do 10 in a day, right? My grill so, is only so large. And, and, and in theory, yeah, maybe I could scalp 10 cents per hamburger because tomorrow the hamburger price is going to go up by 10 cents. Or whatever. You know, yeah. like go down by 10 cents. So if a market worked in that manner for hamburgers, you would be short some. Um, and everybody accepts it. 
right? Like, if okay, no, short selling is no different than someone coming to build a fucking patio at your house that you agree to price on, and it takes four weeks to install, right? In four weeks, the price of concrete could be different. They have to eat it. This is different. You don't have to eat it. See, that okay? is applicable that explanation. With construction recently with that price of lumber. So, so the price of my labor has also gone up significantly. Yeah. That's, that's the bet that you take. When you short sell, and people want to, okay, my problem with most of these crusaders, Ooh. and it comes with inflation, it comes with everything. Listen, I've been talking about economics, Wall Street, for as long as we've had this podcast, right? As long as and, Parker's been dealing with scratchers, you've been talking about inflation. But I've been, I would like to believe, pretty level-headed about like the discussion and how you know, important it is for people to understand this shit, but also how careful you need to be once you start digging into it, because it is so, it is so broad that it, there's a reason it takes an individual like myself, who is now th about to be 35, and Willem can attest to this, oh. read my first economics textbook when I was 12, right? Th like, there's a reason why it's taken me 23 years to just fundamentally understand the market and then you get these crusaders that come in and they want to understand everything in like a day or two and it's simply not possible so i would highly recommend that you ask the questions like what villain brought tonight is like well how does this work like does that make sense does this make sense that is the way to approach it it is a it is a lifelong like task it's not it's not something that you do overnight. And yes, the first book I read was uh, Wealth of Villem said, LOL, yeah. So that's enough confirmation for me. Yeah, no well, more questions. I remember it was... Uh, Sherwood. It, no, it wasn't just economics, though. It was I want to say it was investing for dummies or the stock market for dummies or something. And I remember <sighs> wanting to it be was... into it at my age. And I'm <sighs> two years younger than him. And I was just like, fuck this. You remember what, you remember so what Frank suggested some of our listeners who are disabled do earlier is headbutt a knife? No, wait, no. There were If you bought Keystone thinking that was stone brewing, headbutt a knife. Yeah. If you ever catch they me with, you. if you ever catch me with an investing for dummies book, at, even at my age, <laughs> shove a knife in my forehead. Cause like, yeah. here's the deal. I, I, had, I had that book and then I had the wealth of nations, which is Adam Smith's. Hey. Um, and at the same time I was reading war and peace. So, you know, <laughs> oh my God, the immigrants no, are taking over. The immigrants are taking over. I think fucking. I think the left, the right wing. They're taking our jobs <laughs> like for real, though. The, yeah, no, for real, they're taking our jobs. They're way smarter than us. We got to fucking get this shit together. Come on, Americans, let's do this. Wrap this, and we can finish up. But um, I would, I would just caution people. When you are talking about economics specifically and finance specifically, the narrative is controlled by hedge funds. They pay for articles in newspapers to control trading and market behavior. Be very careful what you believe that you read, um, period honestly like yeah i'm gonna piggyback onto that and say everything you read like especially if it comes from like the main outlets there's money b behind it there's influence there are people who want you to like think a certain way and in general it's like passed off as being okay because it's pragmatic thinking and da -da -da and whatever 
but like also like think for yourself about what you think about the stuff that you read and like really understand you know let's not stop at reading let's also go into what you're fucking watching and what you're listening to yeah like the Sinclair Broadcasting. Up, for instance, you know, NBLB, we're funded by like a conglomerate. So yeah, like, the Jews, really the Jews fund us. That. Literally, it, I get a check every month from the capital it's J-E-W, Jew. Jew. It's, yeah. And it's singular, so it's one person. But you know what? I don't ask. I just cash the check. Money talks. But is. really, money talks and like there's always money involved. Brian can be bought for a very small amount. Alex Jones, listening to you. I'll cash that check. I won't say anything that you say, but as a final example for that, mm-hmm. and I was gonna finish was Willem's earlier request. Um, that stunt that Elon Musk did today, um, it was nothing but a stunt. He doesn't have the money to buy Twitter. Uh, he doesn't have the financing. No one's gonna team up with Elon to fucking buy Twitter. Well, Goldman Sachs already said, no, go fuck yourself. So, Well, because they own such a large stake. And then the Saudi investment fund said the same thing. They own 30% of Twitter. So uh, they try to buy fucking Chelsea. So they say, no, they can't fucking buy it. <laughs> they legit if you, tried. If, <laughs> if you, um, Elon was dumb about it. Hedge funds are way smarter. Uh, they tank stock prices based on articles, based on uh, you know anonymous research and all this shit. Like literally, hedge funds will have people uh, on staff paid for to go look at satellite photos of production facilities of car companies to determine, give or take, uh, what their production might be next quarter, so that they can make money on it. Um, if you want to be swayed by that news. Go ahead. Uh, if you're smart, buy index funds. Don't fucking deal in individual stocks unless you like truly believe in one or two. Um, you know, dabble in them. Put your free, you know, cash flow, whatever you want. Go dabble in that shit. But as far as 401ks go, don't, 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 don't buy index funds. Buy Vanguard. Uh, I know there's there's this whole other movement out there. It's like, yeah, but you know. Um, that shit has its risks too. Yeah, it's it has risks, but it's market movement. If, you know, if that shit is fucked, everybody's fucked. I so. like to see my 401k have a steady incline rather than a fucking jagged zipper back and forth movement because that is my future. And this is coming, this is coming from a person who, Willem can also attest, has traded stocks since I was very, very young. So No, my, my sound financial advice comes from a person who buys... Puts invests a lot of money in beer that he drinks. So also pretty oh, reputable yeah, source. Yeah. I also invest in sneakers. So I, <laughs> I've recently invested in watches. So same same. Have Retire. a conservative side. Have a have a risky volatile yeah. side and embrace both. But it don't is. put all of your fucking money into goddamn within reason <laughs> wizardry crystal rubbing bullshit. Ignore yeah. Elon Musk. I, I was going to take the Elon like the Twitter buyout uh, from a standpoint of like Twitter is a fucking great place to be in general. It really is. Yeah, it has its dark sides. It has its its corners that are fucking not helpful for society. But it's real. But it's real, and it has a lot of places where people can find others just like them, and that's helpful. That's helpful for for teens, for tweens, for adults 
to know that there are other people out there like you, it is very, very helpful. And like other social media sites, it's good at times to hear people have the same point of view as you when you are surrounded by the exact opposite point of view. And I say that knowing that that means like the fucking back the blue hashtag two a are the same fucking people when they're surrounded by hashtag libtards and snowflakes. I understand that, but just like every other form of social media, you can be bombarded by viewpoints that are not your own that can change your point of view that can affect the re- like your your path in life. And mm-hmm. like as as woo woo and crystal rubbing as that sounds, it's very important for people, especially people in minorities, people who um are not heard by their families around them, by the people who surround them every day, for people to find a group that is like them is very important. And uh, anytime that a social media site can be bought out by one singular person with one singular point of view, it can be very damaging and hurtful for those groups of people. Look at Facebook and how Mark Zuckerberg can like literally uh, change the, the direction that Facebook goes with an algorithm by the way that uh, uh, mm-hmm. viewpoints are, are, are cordoned off and stopped. Not helpful at all. Um, but Twitter does a great job of, uh, removing violent voices, removing voices that, uh, do nothing but to stoke violence and, uh, negative rhetoric. Um, well, does a good job of stopping people from telling random strangers to go fuck themselves on Pedialyte ads. You know what I mean, Frank? Just, just throwing it out as an example. Sometimes that is totally worth it, but I agree. I think that's probably a good spot though for... (laughs) The rap. <laughs> it is. And uh, like I as as this episode is a super episode, I appreciate the uh, the conversation that took place because it does a couple things. One, it uh, I, I tried to I, like I hope you guys appreciate at least what the, 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 the shit that I try to throw in from an every person point of view. I don't know shit about finance. I, I learn stuff from this podcast from listening to y'all. I, I don't know shit about investments because it's not something that my family did. That's not something my family does. Me, uh, I just want to say me either. I, I learned from Frank like on the fly as I'm asking the questions. But so it's something on. that y'all, y'all clearly your family has like put time and effort into. And like, Wasn't I appreciate you. that. Like it's, it's, it's a different point of view than I'm used to altogether. Like the things that I like the, the weird ass quips that I throw in there aren't just out of left field. They're literally shit that I've heard my entire life or things that I've heard in my, uh, social media spheres. And I hope it doesn't come off as like negative or, uh, like distracting in any way, shape or form. One, I hope it comes off as some comedic relief in the ridiculous ludicrousness of when I drop them in. But like, I, I appreciate y'all's conversation and y'all's point of view. Um, I, I, I really do. And I, I, I hope that our listeners appreciate that as well. Um, if you did appreciate it, please tune in every week or every other week. Whenever we put out episodes, just subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss an episode. Um, if you like to tell a friend, uh, leave a rating or review and or review on your favorite podcast app. It will greatly help other people find us. We are available on social media sites at no Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we do have a Facebook account. It exists, but you know, it's over there. Um, if you have a beer that you want us to taste and review on the cast, we're always interested in that as well. 
throw that over on our social media pages or send it to us over on the uh, snail email at nobeerleftbehindcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening this far. Uh, For Brian, until next time, I'm out. Yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, sorry, this was such a long-ass cast. Hopefully you find little pieces in here. Maybe you skipped around. Don't you dare apologize for that, villain. Don't do it. But yeah, I had a great time. I learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners did too. And uh, tune in next time when we... I don't know. We'll do something crazy or something. Life but if you do like, you know, if you do enjoy the content, let us know in some way. I don't mm-hmm. know, like fucking like something or send us I'm not saying slide into them DMs, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Slide into Brian's DMs. Don't at Nobody Left Cast. Um for Villa and Tulsa. Thanks for listening. Bye. And for Frank and Austin, uh yeah, I uh I would highly suggest if you find any of these, you know, finance economics discussions uh, insightful, there is a plethora of books out there that you might actually enjoy. Um, Some of them more lighthearted, like your Michael Lewis's of the world, some more in depth, like the wealth of nations, but um, it's truly a lifelong learning. Like it's, it's something that I have to keep, up and um i don't know everything when it comes to that stuff but uh the base knowledge will never change unless someone wins another nobel peace prize so um, it is worth it truly is worth studying and um it's a pursuit that i i wish more people would you know start earlier on because it is valuable like in 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 everyday life i just feel like there is such a a a deep impact versus you know kind of a lot of ephemeral studies that i really wish that people took specifically economics a little bit more seriously but it could help a lot of people out but thank you for giving me the you know stage to answer the questions because i honestly if we had an economics podcast it would be five hours long so uh, i'm out